Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Dangerous Rhetoric. This is our experimental Rumble live stream. And I'm getting coffee. Up. And you're getting coffee, and you'll be right back. Um, tonight, we have a wonderful panel of amazing guests with a few more to come. Uh, and we're just going to be talking about different excesses of the gay and tranny community and uh, looking at some things and making making jokes and having fun and hanging out. And also, I wanted to bring up uh, Mr. Chad Manley's uh, post that he had on Twitter about uh, Trump and Trump being a questionably viable 2024 candidate, especially as Ron DeSantis had just announced tonight on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw, I didn't, I wasn't paying attention. I know it happened, but I didn't really like listen to it or anything. Um, so we can get into that. Uh, before I forget, don't don't uh, don't don't forget to, to like or I guess it's thumbs up. I'm not sure what the thing is called. Liking, yeah, like, uh, comment on the thread, share it out. Uh, feel free to say something high in the chat. It looks like you can give us money in the chat here on Rumble. How does that work? Oh, you can. Yeah, it's basically like a super chat. Okay. Things I don't know how they work. So anyway, thank you boys for joining us. We've got Mr. Mike Harlow, the legendary shit talker, content creator extraordinaire. <laughs> hey, thank you for joining Glad us. Glad to be here. Uh, and then we have Mr. Chad Manley, AKA Seth Pellish, uh, author, content creator, uh, fit influencer, posting all his workout videos. Very nice. When did you get a different name? Oh, That's, yeah. why I I like, that. That's why I was like, who the hell is Chad Manley? <laughs> when did you get a different name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for more shit posting. I don't know. Wada! It's okay. Hey! Guess what? I was like waiting for you to pop up in a box. I didn't know you were right there. Mikey, I'm in town. Where's the, oh, where's the camera? Mike's here. Camera's there. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but I also brought you all of you boys. I brought I brought a snack. So we ready? You ready? In honor of the boys, which of course oh, this one over here can't eat. But in honor, I brought come here, Daniel. In honor, in honor of being the perfect third back here, I brought cream puffs. Cream puffs for the poofy creamies. My Judy is a fairy princess. Perfect. Um, I was anointed a long time ago. It's not, you know, it's the difference between a fat hag, a fairy princess, and a fruit fly. There are three? Oh, fruit flies, fat hags, and then they're fairy princesses. We get anointed. What do you <laughs> I only know two of them. Honey, I'm older than you. <laughs> Don't remind me. One on. You know, I, you try, I'll tell you the tale one day. It occurred on a galaxy far, far away on a dance floor late, late into the evening, as well as many journeys onto the uh, Judy Garland Enchanted Forest and between uh, the Pines and the Grove. Hard to navigate. I miss you, Mikey. It's good to see you. You too. We've to, how long are you here until? I leave. I was supposed to leave tonight. I'm now leaving Monday. Oh, nice. Yes, but I'm going to go to the theater. I, I, only child thing. I had to, it was a last minute decision. I had to come in and check on the rents. Of course. So I would love, I would love to catch up. And, and by the way, I heard about your pub. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I went through that with Mark, but you know, I would love, call me while you're, I, I know it's hard to nail you down. Like most fairies are, you know, but. <laughs> yeah. 
I love you though. And I, and if I, even if I die, I hope I see you because I'd love to chat with you about uh, yes, what you're up to and about what I'm thinking about too, because it, it, you and I have quite a bit in common. I think we need to do some sort of podcast at some point for only children. Oh God. <laughs> what it would be called why we're a mess. No, I think it would be, maybe it's called friends of the family we choose. Mm. Cutesy. Um, or Seth, why we're not as bad as we look. Seth, do you want to plug your book real quick? Oh, yeah. So uh, you can buy it on Amazon. Uh, it's called Come Out and Play. Um, I, we're coming up on the one year. Yeah, that's it. We're coming up on the one year anniversary. Um, for If you're curious what it's about, it is a uh, satire that I wrote um, and I published it last year. It is a satire of the gay young adult genre of fiction that's really creepy and i don't quite know i do know why it exists but we'll get into that perhaps another time um but i i just you know i i f had something to say and so i i said it and i made it look like something that it wasn't to own the libs and uh i have to say uh the uh, the redditors and the male male romance subreddit really did not like it when they found out that it was satire. <laughs> perfect that is genius wait there's a great review here i'd like to read it for on your behalf if that's okay go for it yeah sure so it says fantastic work of satire by the way satire is where it's at like you know satirists that's how we win that's why people are afraid of bards and, and artists because satire is the way humiliate them until 200 years after they're gone. It says, I absolutely loved this book. It's a hilarious satire that had me laughing actually on every page. I love that he didn't say literally. It's great, actually. great reviewer, great reviewer. Some very insightful and painfully moving passages that weren't expected and definitely packed a punch. It poses as an LGBTQIA young adult novel that is actually a carefully crafted satire that would probably be more appreciated by a slightly older audience. Can't wait to see what else this author does in the future. Somewhere Larry Kramer is smiling down here. Woo! Way to go, Seth. That's amazing. Killing I think this is, this is terrific. And I saw also Terrence McNally, guaranteed. Somewhere they're smiling down. That's really cool. Oh, thank you, thank you. That was that's awesome. hilarious. Very nice I, uh, I'm gonna buy that book that for sure. I'm definitely gonna buy it. And I want you to sign it for me at some point. But I'm definitely buying it. Okay. I keep looking at the wrong place. I have to look here. So that's fine. We do that all the time. We'd be like Dave Marcus and smile. <laughs> that's fine. I saw you had posted about your book a while ago, and I didn't know it was satire, and I was quite confused. I was like, because you don't seem like the type who would write some like you know alphabet young adult romance novel. <laughs> Uh, so I feel like it's all come full circle now. <laughs> yeah. Chad, do you share your uh, your? Yeah, state? there are a lot of people who are confused. Do you share? Do you share the state you live in? Because uh, Me? yeah, I'm just curious if you're in New York. Uh, I live in Nebraska. Oh, what part? No, so you don't say. My best friend's from Lincoln, so I spent a lot of time there. Okay, um, no, I'm more well, in the state, area. Oh, you're in Illinois. That's very cool. Nebraska is a great state, man. People have no idea. When I first went there, that it's like the third heart largest um, I think, uh, of, of, of like per capita of gay men. Except you don't. When I first went in like 2000, you couldn't tell because all of them were wearing flannel, like drunk pickup trucks, and none of them danced. Yeah, I think Brandon Brandon Strock is out there right now. I think that's where he's living. Although he's uh, talking about moving back to New York City too. And we just got constitutional concealed carry. Nice. I I live in Florida now, so did we. 
Yes. Yeah, and I gotta say, this is this is something really annoying. This is the second time I have moved to a state, gotten a concealed carry permit, and then within months, they adopted constitutional carry. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's good, I, when, it's good for you to have a permit. It's great, especially. It's great after, especially after what happened in Omaha during BLM with that poor guy and the and the, and the DA's um, pushing for like the DA. Remember during the BLM, the guy was protecting his Omaha bar, right? Does everyone know the story? I don't think so. You know the story, Chad, right? Uh, I wasn't I wasn't in Omaha at that time, so, so I, I don't, I'm not. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. I have to introduce Mr. Peter Feliciano. <laughs> oh my God, it's it's me. a party. Look at my that. lover. Ah, Malaka Daka Muhammad Jihad, Peter. Are you another breeder in the house? Uh-oh. I know. I, I heard you guys needed a straight. He's another I honorary. I am a straight here. Don't yeah, you're all me. honorary gays. I include you all in my gay file. Yeah, touche. <laughs> He's a He's fairy prince. I don't have him. I'm a fairy oh, princess. You're a fairy prince. It's all good. Peter Feliciano, yeah. Mr. Music Maker, Comedian, Content Creator Extraordinaire. Welcome. Thank you very much. Know, Hello, everybody. Chad, I haven't met you yet. I'm Peter. Hi, nice to meet you. Good to meet you. Where are you? Uh, Nebraska. He's a satirist. He's a satirist, Peter. Right up your alley. We were just talking right. about... I don't, I don't go by that title, but okay, I'll take it. You're not here. He's a satirist. What I think of is the episode of Family Guy when Brian tried doing stand-up, but he said he was a satirist because he's just so, like, <laughs> stuck up. No, the good satirists are... Uh, that was a satirist of a satirist. A satirist of a satirist. Yes, so welcome, Mr. Peter. And you were, I'm sorry, I interrupted your point. Oh, so in Omaha. You're talking about Omaha, right? Right. So the, during the BLM stuff, there was a guy who was protecting his bar, and he's an ex a Marine. There seems to be a pattern here with Marines. Mm -hmm. And he. Um, we can get into that too. Yeah, probably a good idea. Um, and I think it's up to you. I mean, we'll get in there. Keep telling your story. So he was protecting the, the bar, and. His father was going out there too to protect the bar, and this this man um, started to attack him. And he brought out his gun and he, he warned him and said, "You know, stop! Don't you know? Don't come forward." And the guy ends up leaping on his back. Ooh. He says again, "Stop or I'll fire." So twice at least, and the guy keeps going. So he turns his gun and he fires, and the DA in Nebraska ended up. Deciding, of course, not to press charges. It was a clear-cut case of um, self-defense. Self he flees to, I think, Washington State. Ooh. But no, just just to get away because he was really worried about his family as well, and he has PTSD and all that stuff. All right. And then while there, a grand jury is summoned, and they find that they should press charges. Now, that's not what a grand jury is for. That's absolutely not what If the DA is not, the grand jury is to assure that what if the DA is, it's, it's not what it's designed could, to do. How could they? I mean, Thank you that so much. That's confusing. I'm confused on how they could do that. So, but though they shouldn't them. be able to, but what, right. what was so terrible about it, and I have a friend who ran for governor in Nebraska who was, was also, you know, a lawyer there a long time, and he was absolutely yeah, appalled by it. But what the real terrible part is that the, never, the grand jury uh, really never ended up, it never ended up happening. Um, kill what light? I know. Just keep talking. Um, because the guy, when he hears this, his lawyer calls him and says, you have to come back. But, you know, he knew he was going to be protected by his lawyer and all of that. But on his drive back, he kills himself rather than put his family through it. And so his lawyer was absolutely... So this is one of those many stories of um, really how insidious this stuff is. You know, it's it's 
that one what bothers me a lot to this day that it really pretty messed up yeah but yeah it happened and so it's the fact that yeah, now yeah. there's concealed carry constitutionally i think probably was in some way you can think of it as a victory for whomever when they realize that because Nebraska is a really politically interesting not that one not that one brown chicken round now no it's the white one not the black one Dan, you were told not to put on the red light can't help myself. No, he's got to put on the red light, but not that red light. I don't know which one this one. I'm sorry. Are you supposed to turn yes. tricks while you're live streaming, Daniel? That's for live. Isn't that for Arsenal, please? I heard we're going to create a brand new, um, what's it called? Uh, what's the thing all the girls go and make no money on and have no friends on? Only fans. Only fans. Excellent. YouTube, Instagram. No, only fans. <laughs> I'm and I have friends, and I make no money, so... <laughs> uh, so yeah we're talking about we're talking about uh uh bad bad shit that happened during blm riots what are we up to well no that was just the intro but we i wanted to talk about all my i wanted to get more into like the excesses of our people oh wait before i do that let me introduce mr brian the front porch conservative welcome brian oh what's up dude I recognize Brian from somewhere. Brian! What was I on a wanted poster at the at the uh, U.S. Postal Service? You no, know, I've met or? you before, Brian, and I cannot figure out where. And I love. I've met Brian. Hello, Michael. How are you, Mr. Felicia? Hello. Finally, we get yeah, on a live stream together. What's in Orlando? The only place I could think of. Uh, well, I, I've just recently moved to St. Petersburg, so maybe we'll. Uh, what kind of what, what? Who knows? Shit. How is everyone this evening? We're doing well, doing well. We were just going to get into our main topic. I wanted to talk a little bit about video games and how these writers for outlets like Gizmodo and uh, like other of these things are trying to appropriate classic characters and put them into the gay umbrella when they are not gay. Like, first of all, like, I don't know how many, I don't know if you guys played Legend of Zelda when you were a kid growing up. The game sure. I played Legend of Zelda, Link, A Link to the Past, like all the original ones. And as the series has gone on, well, uh, the thing is, as the series has gone on, they've sort of blurred the line. They've, in, you know, incorporated like elements of uh, putting Link in female clothing. Uh, the game designer for Ocarina of Time mentioned that he was trying to make the design of the character a little bit more androgynous so that boys and girls could feel uh, identified with the character. And people have used that to craft crazy little lines um, like like all these. Like Sophia Narwitz, I don't know if you guys follow her, but she's always doing some like coverage of the feet people. And, you know, like they came up with like things Grand like that. joy. Trans joy in the legend of Zelda. Positively joyful. Right. Takes a, a literal meaning for many transgender people who love the main character of the Legend of Zelda oh, franchise. Where's Neo when we need him? Um, Nero. Where's Nero when you need this him? This is from The Gamer. Link is a trans character in whatever way we want them to be. He's, he's So he's using the they, them pronoun for Link because Link is obviously non-binary. I thought Link I was a like lesbian. The volition of the player <laughs> makes the character gay. What in the world? Here's, uh, he looks like a little okay. lesbian. He looks Link, like a guys, lesbian. Link is clearly <laughs> like a lipstick lesbian, like a Peter Pan-looking lesbian. Let me get I always, I always call them. I always call them M&M dykes. 
Because I've never <laughs> seen those ones that like shave their heads and like wear like wife beaters and bind their tits. And stuff. Yes, they're kind of hot. Even though I'm straight, I can sound as if back in the day they were. This one's just... from Polygon. Link is a gay icon, and Zelda fans know it. With the subtitle, "The Legend of Zelda's queer themes are more than just subtext." Okay, I, can we can we can we just point out how this is totally like GamerGate 2.0? But really, what's hilarious about this is that. Nobody cares. I really don't think anyone. Well, they're really trying to just use ESG to get a new audience for young ga for games because the games. I, I used to be a game designer. I can tell you, the industry is so absolutely saturated now, and you know, it's the same with video game writing. Like, there's not so there's not so much to write about. You, you can and they have pressure to generate content all the time. So the only way they can get clicks is by branching into video games and queerifying them and trying to find the gay and trans and whatever so that they can get people to read their stupid articles. So you mean like all entertainment in America right now that's artifice, right. basically all books, all everything. I mean, it's it's it, it's just bad art. It's so I, mean, I, I jumped stupid. in with a comment that just said cultural appropriation of the masculine heterosexual hero and mostly people agree with me i got like 987 wait, 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 wait. you can't say that that i'm sorry that link was a masculine heterosexual he hero. Say. That's, that's, that's what i'm Swinging a sword the archetype like, of saving the the princess. Yeah. Yes, but it's like but swings a, a sword that shoots lasers. Here's an element. Here's an element. I want to hear what Peter I'll speak. I'll speak. I'll speak for the straight men. I don't know about French porch. Front porch. <laughs> <straight> <laughs> man, yeah. Okay, well, uh, we're the we're the real men. No, I'm just kidding. I will. Um, <laughs> I will speak. I will speak Jack for the straight men in the room. Um, here's an element that gets overlooked of why this happens. Why this happens? Yes, it's because you know gays are taking over. A trans want to you know the activists are are nut jobs. But it really also happens because guys are intimidated frequently. Straight dudes who, who especially ones who do games, hello, uh, are intimidated by those archetypes. And yes. so what they do is they like to soften them so that exactly. they can achieve them. They lower the bar so that mm. they can achieve them. So they feel less. Yeah, it's okay that guys cry. It's okay that guys, you know, are, have spindly arms. It's okay that whatever. Like they, they lower the parts so they, they can fit into. Uh, what you're saying is we went we went from. Here man to link is what you're saying That's what oh no we went no we went from thundercats <laughs> to timothy shallow and thundercats are now kindergartens and furries and thundercats were freaking amazing thundercats <laughs> we're, 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 we're thundercats the original furries i'm just asking you know thundercats were they the original furries? No, no. Were they the original? No, they the original? no, no. no. It's no. I don't know. I saw a couple. Of they were not, and that's what's really upsetting that people think they are. I mean, because the th no, the original furries were really otherkins. No, I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there, just throw shit. shit I agree with you, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a people? I will defend my Thundercats because I already had to yes, deal with bronies, and I lost that part of my childhood. I will bronies. not deal with the part of me that was like dude-like. You gotta tell you, Chitara. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. Yes. There's a couple. There no. were a couple. There were a couple puppets on Fraggle Rock. I would have hit. No problem. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> you and me both. Yo, I had the theme Wembley, song. The yeah, I night. just had a drink in my mouth. Yeah, I'm gonna spit that out. What's the matter with you? I had that theme song in my head. Cash goes away. Worries for another day. Let the fraggles play. Down a fraggle. Jim has been with the man, man. When we lost him, we lost it all. When all right, well, we went from He-Man to Bronies.
Well, that's yeah, I mean, that's, that's, but, back, but that, that's, that's, I think we can stop the whole thing now. That's like, that makes also, I don't know if you guys saw this the other day. I thought this was really funny. Um, Google had taken this uh, Native American uh, and uh, oh, that's pure oh gay like, so, so advocate. Her name is Barbara May Cameron. She's, she's dead. She died in 2002. And they created this little doodle of her holding the new, you know, communist, pride flag. The communist flag, as I refer to which it, didn't exist, which didn't exist, you know, it didn't exist when she was alive. And, you know, they, they set it up for these, these can weird I, lesbians eyeing each other. I don't, for I, it. I don't guess, I'm not sure what's going on. It looks like, you know, I said that they... It looks like a Nazi image. I'm sorry. It really does. It looks like a so realistic German nationalist image. I mean, even looks like he's wearing, like, freaking, like, a German in the, with the, in the hillside. That's a shame. Yeah, because... It, because <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's total self-realism, right? And I yeah, it's similar. Say, it's similar. It looks like a Nazi image. I was looking so. up images. I was looking up images from Mao's Cultural Revolution. It's very, very exactly. over the top. You know, yes. everything's good. You have enough food, type of. Peter, you, you and I never get to talk about it. That's the court crux of self-realism. Everything is done in this optimistic future that's promised. Gorky came up with this under Stalin. In the the, the basic equation is the hero is toil, and the toiler is unthinkable inside the collective, and it's all done with. Partinus, Nardinus, and Partinus. Partinus assumes everything, which means whatever the party wants it to mean. It's so obvious. It's everywhere. They keep doing it. And artists, I keep looking for artists who we can start. If, like what you're doing with your satire, Chad, what you're doing, Peter, what you're doing, Mike, that's the way. Because you satire the crap out of it. You make work like they did in the past, like Ian Eskew did and all of them. Show the absurdity of it because politics and adjudication will not change this because yeah. then you just get pivoted into another collective where the hero is toil and the toiler is unthinkable you, it's insidious you said something earlier uh to me when we were talking yesterday about the quote um culture is uh sorry politics is downstream from culture what what did what you did say, say the other day yeah i said that i mean much respect to breitbart you know may his memory be a blessing but culture is not downstream or upstream from politics politics is not upstream or downstream from culture culture is the stream at best politics are embankments and that means that, I mean, culture is a natural phenomenon. And it, it, there's something about it that's very, when you recognize that what it is, and you know, it's, and only human beings can really create art, when artifice keeps being conflated with art, and when people keep thinking that one is related to the other, then we keep in this loop that leads us to soak realism. We have to remember that when we tap into the stream, we, it's like, I mean, if we want to use, we want to use a, another sort of like Zen metaphor. The stream will keep going. It moves around that stuff. We don't need it. The, the embankments, though, it's very possible that it can be dammed, right? And I mean that punny in a punny way as well. Like when you dam it, you can also dam it. And that means... So you can clog it, but also screw it Destroy up. it. I mean, that's the only thing I think yeah. drought and climate change we should worry about. But, um, but, but the fact is, is that all this political talk on all these polemics that constantly try to imply that somehow one relates to the other. It's only because the reality is that culture it, in all of its forms and culture and art doesn't just mean like what we think of in schools. Like if there was a time when they were inseparable science and, and, and art were not independent from each other at all. I mean, there's a, this is a whole other topic. And yeah, I mean, um, but the, the, the alchemists is, come to mind. Well, what I mean, well, I only mean like with, with Nimazine, um, excuse me, uh, Nimonides, the oath of Nimonides, mm -hmm. how you see it in old uh, plays in uh, Comedia dell'Arte, the doctoral character was a, a buffoon. Physician is something different than that. We've allowed medicine to no longer be an art. We've allowed science to no longer be an art. So science now, like coding and gaming, 
You know, it used to be that a scientist wouldn't sit there and determine what steps to follow the science. You can't do that, like coding a program where you want a goal. Science is much more like what you do, painting, where you make a decision based on what your observations are and then go from there. There's an artist named Charles Bell, I think, who's a perfect example of this. And in like, I think it was 1809, I think that's the right year, you know, after the Battle of Waterloo, you know, all these people, all these soldiers are coming off ships. They were covered and wounded and, and damaged. And we'd never seen anything like it because as war gets worse, wounds get worse. He was an artist, a watercolorist who couldn't get into art school, but he got into medical school and became a surgeon. And he used his talents to actually draw exactly in watercolor what he was seeing, unlike those normal physician textbooks where the facial muscles, they don't show any exact... But like, what, is this, what is this? How do we... This is the, the reason this matters is that him as an artist, he, because of what he drew... We know Charles Bell for Bell's palsy and a bunch of other things that came from his integration of understanding art and science. Same thing of why we use anesthesia. All this stuff is gone because we keep, I, I say the literalists will literally kill us all. Well, and, and it also, I mean, it makes me think of Watson and Crick too. And the fact exactly. that they even came up with the, the, they dreamed what DNA looked like. Exactly in right. A sense. So they're, like, mm -hmm. that creative function absolutely has everything Ian, to do with Ian, scientific Ian, discovery. Ian McGilchrist yeah. says that. But he says it, the right brain you guys, is one You guys wandered afield from politics establishing but it's But it's the same, though, because... Well, what she's arguing is that culture is the, the stream. Yeah, That's right. Which and I politics... Think is, the word politics. I think, I think there is something to that for sure. Political... Because look at all this drag shit. Look at all this terrible, stupid, bad art. That is what is dominating exactly. the conversation. Speaking of terrible, stupid, like, and bad then what art, we, exactly. we got there because we were looking at the Google image. But it's like that's what this is. Man, they are using these techniques. If we don't right. fight bad art with actual good that's art, right. you're not going to win this from voting for Ron DeSantis or, or Trump. I'm sorry, it's just that's not you're what's right. Going. You're absolutely all, right. You drag, like, because we're not like the stuff they're showing is drag. It's not drag. Drag Wait, is like, really before, old. Before you go into drag, I want to share. Let's share some drag. Oh look, it's it's a uh, it's you've got a it's bad drag. It. No, well that actually looks like. Oh my god, it's Rainbow Bright. That's the mark of Rainbow Bright. Rainbow Bright. Wait, can you, are you guys getting the volume on your end? Can you it's hear it? I'm so no. laughing at this. No, it's not coming through. No, it is. I, I, can, I can hear it, it yeah. You got it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A real-life homosexual. And today, I'm going to invite you. How is this not satire? In nature with us. Wow, this is nice. We like to call this little tour the Summer of Pride. Oh, dear God. God. has everything. No, it's not. Community, art, lesbians, lesbians making art. Last year, we gave it's you really, really, really funny. funny. It's like, it can't be real. It's really funny. Across the nation, with hundreds of you across the nation. This year, we're back, back, back again. He's got a mustache, by the way. Uh-huh. This is so bad, it's beautiful. Salt Lake City, we're coming for you. This one day. All I imagine is this is going to be a bunch of uh, white women who uh, like to think of themselves as allies. That's in the TV. Going out into nature to find homosexuals. <laughs> so I so can't tell if, if this is actually serious or it's satire. Well, then, I really hope no, 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 that whoever no, 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 was hired no, 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 to make no, this was the, who is actually did this, and they all think it's real, and we all know. I think they. I hope they Jonathan Swifted this stuff here. No, this is this is absolutely so real. Here's the thing. Here's the you thing. When you, because be, and it's lots of reasons why, but my favorite thing about drag has always been the humor, right? Do you of notice course. there was, right. yeah. there was comedy, but there was no humor, right? right. There was that um bum, 
but nobody laughed at anything, right? That's that's what that is. But as long as they tick the box that says we gay sashayed, nobody fucking says sashay in the gay community since two thousand fucking six, bitch. You motherfuckers, hello, hello. Are you saying fierce still, bitch? All right. Well, I I still love. So it's more than just being nothing fierce anymore. Right. It's more than just being disconnected. They get the money. See, North Face, all these companies, they get the money. They will check whatever box the corporations want. But Peter, listen. It doesn't matter. Look, I agree with you completely on what you're saying. But with that in mind, let me just propose. I mean, I I honestly don't know what this was, but you know, drag. Let's take let's take a quick vote. Who thinks it was satire? I hope it's satire. Am I the um, only one? I think it was, but I hope I'm the it only was. one that thinks it was satire. I, I don't think it was, I just guess because I'm the only one. I, have, well, I think it might be. I, I have so. seen other things like this that I know were totally serious, were funded, big budgets, all that stuff that were just as cringe and and almost like so bad that you almost want to believe it's well, satire because it's TV. just so terrible. But hold on a second. This is why I, I thought think... that was funny though. Just really quick, there's so much meme material in that video, like. I could just think of all the great memes I could pull out of it. So I, I will say this. So Peter, first of all, I, Peter, I agree with you 100%. And I'm so glad to hear somebody say this because this has been my argument for you. Because like, like drag is a form of clowning, but it goes all the way back to the to Greek theater and to choruses. And it's, it's a really old art form. And you look at Charles Pierce and you look at, you know, all that stuff. But here's why I say, I hope it's drag. It should be satire, not hope it's drag. It's, I hope it's a form of clowning. It's not drag. It's something else. And I, the thing that makes me give away is the anachronism of the television. It makes me hope that it might be. And I don't know what it is. It's Poe's Law is like, like really in effect with this one. But this, though, is a great clue to if doing something like this and adding much more clarity through things that are, you know, like the way Deadpool does his stuff in the promotions for, you know, if you, if you bring the, the, the beauty of postmodern art and what it always was meant to be, get rid of the postmodern theory. And the other reason, too, if you noticed, no one in those images looked gay at all. They just fit boxes. So there was no blue haired person and there was no trick. So I, I would have to really sit with an expensive time, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to actually look at it and see if I can figure out where it came from. Cause there is, I, I'm with you, Peter. It's not a good satire. It's not good enough, but I hope it is. But you are 100% right with why what they're calling drag, I say over and over again, isn't. We should be going after queer theory, in my opinion, not drag. They call it drag queen mm -hmm. story hour. So it makes it impossible for us to do that. But it's not drag. <clears throat> well, it's, it's, I'm, I'm more inclined to believe that um, I, I like to follow empirical evidence. And so I think we have seen time and time again that marketing departments are just really stupid. Um, I do not work in marketing. Yeah. Don't really know anything about marketing, um, but small problem. Um, so this drag queen said that his name was Patagonia. I thought it was a Patagonia commercial because they're also a sports. It's not. Yeah. That could it's, be. It's, but no, but because that's actually. one of the reasons to look at it. Looking at where it's coming from, it's that. not. Idiot. But that's what's funny. If Said, it's not from Patagonia. Let's get a drag queen with a name that sounds like our competitor for our ad. That's, that's the dumbest marketing decision ever. 
Mike, you're listen, I think, look, I, I think, agree. listen, if that's what it is, but I think what they're promoting. So it, it's for nor the North Face. Is the oh, brand. my yeah. God, you got it. Yeah. You nailed it. And you're correct. Well, so, they said that in the ad. Yeah, so, in there. Yeah, I didn't well, hear it. The North Face is technically a competitor with that's Patagonia. So that is, you're correct. Well so done. Really it's not satire. Oh, it is Patty, Patty. It's, pro it's, it's marketing. It. It's propaganda. That. Well it's, done, Chad. Yeah. This is proof why this is maybe one of the smartest panels ever put together on the <laughs> yeah. whole of the internet. Beautiful. Right okay, here in this moment. And, and, and I got to tell you, though, so then if we know that it's that, we know this is just to get an ESG score then, which is really, yes. like I say that ESG, I mean, my, I, yeah. American, James Lindsay's spot on with that Well, and, and I'll tell he you, really I worked in CNN Strategic Integration Group, so I worked in a lot of that. Like what? I mean, wanna, can, you give, can you give a brief explanation of ESG for the audience that may not have a clue what we're talking about? So basically, with yeah, I'm not even going to get into the weeds about it. Basically, what happened was is um, BlackRock and Vanguard has basically bought out a lot of the funds that allow investors in various ways, and we're not going to without getting complicated to get money. You have to go through things like Blackguard through different outlets. To get investment capital. But, but without getting into the weeds about it, what that means is that what they've created, and it's basically a fraud, and it will eventually stumble down because the only person who's really making any money off of it are, you know, and I'm, I, think I'm, I, I think I'm the only um, tribe in the space, and I'm going to say, I, you know, he does not represent us. He's, um, he's basically being a real it's like a Madoff scam, but it's, it's massive. And so what he's done is that in or it's like a, it's like a social credit score first with corporations. So in order for them to fit the certain tick, the boxes, they have to do something. They'd rather do it. And this one, it's interesting. Like you'll notice sometimes they don't go too far with them. I mean, I did Adidas and M&Ms and um, I think, uh, what was the other one? Oh, you know, Bud Light has realized this. They want to get that ESG score up. And this is how the easiest way to do it. So, Again, it is bad art. There's a great book um, I recommend it to anyone called Art and what's, Artifice. What's ESG stand for? Um, equity. No, it's environmental. Environmental. environmental social. Environmental social governance. And governance. Governance, right? Now, when and you so there's three different categories where you can raise your score by improving any one category. To get funded. So if your company does something good for the environment, you it's, get E points. Yeah, and something woke. This would be an example of the yeah. social points because you're encouraging good social practices. AKA it's fascism. Right. And then government would Basically. be like uh, promoting, you know, your corporation promotes some sort of collaboration with the government, like, you know, when Twitter and Meta collaborated with the FBI in order to uh, keep certain information about the Hunter Biden scandal on the laptop. On that note, hello to our FBI agents. Hello to the FBI agents. Hello. And we are on Rumble, Mike. so you can't do anything to us this time, boys. Well, look, Mike, Mike was going to say something. When I used to talk to Secure Tate, you don't have to be doing this. There's better ways. Go You're welcome. It. You make a great... Great defector. I was going to say something. Mike was going to say something. No, Peter, Peter yeah. was talking. No, oh, I, Mike was. <laughs> I was just going to say, people wonder why this is happening. It's a delivery system for an entire ideology. And they tipped their hand right. when he said, I'm a real live homosexual. That's exactly, that is the perfect Correct. slogan for everything. Doctor, they but I on TV. Because they do not, they do not believe that being gay is some natural, normal everyday thing they can't decide either you're normal because you're gay or you're special because you're gay you don't get to be both right correct well said mike it's, you know mike sometimes you blow my mind you are brilliant and peter peter you were saying something 
You really are. <laughs> He's like, I'm a little retarded sometimes. Well, most many people same, are. Same. You should taste his lasagna, motherfucker. Oh, man, um, Mike, actually, you got to make us lasagna. Bro. I've been asking for that lasagna for how long now? He made the he made the ricotta the ricotta. When I get when I get my apartment back, hopefully you can come and make it for me in my apartment in New York, or come visit me in St. Pete and make it there in my massive kitchen. Yeah. Well, I want to jump off Mike's point a little bit too, and this is the whole thing with the gender ideology thing. Everything becomes a costume with yes. this ideology. It's something it's something you can put on. You can put on being a woman. You can put on being a lesbian now. You can put on being a man and put on being a gay man. And it's, they don't even do it well. It's, 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 it is homophobia when you think about it because they actually are saying that we chose to be this way and we could identify into doing this because they can. It's all just fluid, you know, and... I just, it's, Can I just it, it blows my about... fucking mind. The whole thing blows my mind because if we are legislating this now, we're, we're making people have legal protections for fictional characters that they put on. And well, we should have that because of freedom of expression. Yes, but that we should, but, but it's not, I don't, I'm just, well, I'm talking about bathrooms, sports. Things like right. that. It's, like the reason it's we not, it's not people are doing it. It's that everyone else is forced to celebrate. That's that's yeah. the well, issue. this is where again it goes back to this the stuff you mentioned about Mao and stuff. So back then, and this is the thing that everybody you know, live not by lies or when Vaclav Havel talks about power the cross. You know, uh, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak on No Agenda, you know, in the morning, um, all actually recently discussed this, which was really fascinating. They talked about how and James Lindsay talked about this. Most people do not, and James Lindsay really nailed it in How to Fight Tyranny, that the recent, most very recent um, thing he did, it's like 23 minutes long, How to Fight a Tyrannical Government. He breaks everything into the parts people play. The fact of the matter is most people do not adhere or believe any of this stuff. The problem becomes that there are people, especially in like a lot of these powerful private schools, or even this, when you go and you ask, you know, why, you know, they'll even be there and says, look, I don't like this stuff, but I want to make sure that my kid or my family or my person is on the upper tip. Like they can get through things and, and win whatever the society's game is. This, this happens every single time. You've got that group of people and they're not the ones making the ideas. They're the ones who are in, like, <clears throat> making them happen. Then you've got the normies and we know that. Then we've got the rebels and all of us here, you know, kind of, you know, best, and, and then what happens is, is he says, you know, what we have to try to do is get the people who or doubters or normies who, who are afraid to speak up and say something, to say something, because the more you wait to stand up for your, like, the, this is what Solzhenitsyn was talking about, the longer you, your tattoo, right? Mm -hmm. You can share it, you know, it, just, it says, uh, you can resolve to live your life with integrity, let your credo be this, let the lie come into the world, let it triumph, but not through me. So even if you can't speak out, don't live by that lie, like, don't, at least don't say what you don't believe. Here's, here's what's weird too we were talking about the differences between culture and politics now it's not just my social media bubble uh i've recently on my instagram and i'm sure there's other way more famous people in the room um but like my instagram for some reason has gone super viral on a couple of things and the biggest one one of the I biggest kind of recently. breaking open Congrats, by the way thank you and thank um, you for doing whatever it was that made people see it. That's I point. deserve all of the accolades. Um, <laughs> but but uh, but I one of the things, the two biggest ones, three biggest ones, have been specifically speaking to black audiences and connecting them. One of them, as an example, was black people are not actually Democrat. And I make this list, right? And have there been on a total of probably, I want to say it's up to 30,000 likes or something like that. Wow. Have there been, have there been, 
people who disagree with that, black people specifically, absolutely. But totally, I'm telling you straight up, there's probably been less than 25 angry black liberal commenters, right? Have they made any any salient points? No. Have there been probably a hundred commenters who, black commenters who are like, or maybe even 150 who are like, we're not Republican or Democrat, you know what I mean? Which was the point of the fucking post, by the way, you myopic cunts. Um, But the the point of the post was they're not a monolith. Hello. Anyway. Yes. But the majority of of black people who have commented and connected to it have been saying like yeah we're not down with that fucking trans shit yeah we're not like right so i'm connecting here's the problem culture regardless of us winning the culture war which we've been winning it for fucking years the disconnect is in 2024 if we don't have secure elections which we don't at this current time it doesn't matter if we all culturally dislike the regime the uniparty whatever the fuck you want the oligarchy it doesn't matter how much we dislike it because we have no choice okay. right so the it will spill out eventually onto the streets or into the whatever or it really shouldn't spill out onto the streets we should <laughs> i don't know about should um in minecraft um it would be nice for us to take our frustrations to specific places that the frustration would fit, not a mom and pop fucking coffee shop. Hello. But anyway, um, I mean, hello, France. Uh, I hope I th- are they still at BlackRock? Anyway, um, it would be nice if we took that frustration that way. But I'm saying the main thing we need to pay attention to is the fact that, yes, we're winning the culture war. Yes, culture is a stream, blah, 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 all that stuff. But maybe what if? And I've been connected to a lot of anti-state con- uh, 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 content and, and creators recently, and I love these boys. Um, just a couple of girls, too, but, like, just, you know, problematic, you know, just keep it. They keep themselves anonymous. I love them to death. Um, and making memes about feds, you know, all that stuff. And, and, uh, and one of them, by the way, is at anti-state. If you're going to go follow that motherfucker. Um, but... You know, I've been connected to all these stuff, and the movement is, wait a second, what if it's supposed to kind of go this way? What if no matter how upset we all, 95% plus, because really the only people we have to worry about are white liberals, and there's only a couple million of those cocksuckers. Um, and what if 95% of the country doesn't want something, and the po- the political machine, the, the embarkment, whatever you were calling it, makes that decision anyway that, nope, we're going to still put our guys in power. Nope, we're still going to do this, right? Is that him? Yes, sir. If okay. that happens... What's the next step? And that's why I appreciate the cultural movement of, you know what? Uh, I'm going to learn how to shoot. I'm going to learn how to make uh, 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 crops. I'm going to learn how to <laughs> protect myself. I'm going to learn how to, I'm going to take my motherfucking kids out of school, right? All that movement away from that is stepping aside so that, oh, okay, nice politics. That's very nice. Congratulations that you have your yeah, new uh, like ruler. A, We're doing back. something completely fucking separate. And I'll end with this tirade with this. There's not that many cops. There's not that many feds. They don't have enough to cover every single fucking one of us. So just do your own thing, kids. Don't worry about it. Can I add a little, little, um, um, I agree with Peter again, but I want to add another solution to what if the people who gain power are not the people that people want. Because, I mean, so my family, for those who don't know, my family, my mother is Hungarian. My family um, came first fled to Romania. 
during Hitler. And, You're and, Jewish. And I'm Jewish, and I'm a Hungarian Jew. Um, and my mother, um, then they fled to Romania, and right before they were going to go to Israel, they put my grandfather in a gulag for the crime of being nobility and an artist and building, you know, theaters and stuff like that. So if we're looking at this from the perspective that we're entering a potential Maoist or Stalinist system, there's another person who I encourage everyone to check out because, I, Peter, you're absolutely right, but there is another thing that can be done, and it's 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 difficult to articulate in many in few words. I'm just going to tell people to read, and it's long, but it's worth reading about an essay by Vaclav Havel, who was a playwright, oh, and he yes. became and he became the president of Czechoslovakia after the fall of the Soviet Union. But also, mm-hmm. can you keep that open for once? I'm going to say the Velvet Revolution. I remember him well. Eighty nine. And what and I, I don't, what's your real name? Um, uh, F. PC, That's of Brian. course, Brian. Okay, Brian, so Brian, yes. remember also, so he also helped write Charter 77. Now, after yep. that came out, a group of people came together. Now, what is amazing about Vaclav is, again, he was an artist. He was not a politician. He was an artist. He was a playwright. Yep. Now, we've got Mao as a poet. You know, this there's a pattern here. It's like Battle of Evermore. But what he points to here, and he does an amazing job explaining. So we, I'm going to just truncate and summarize. It's long, but, and a lot of people are like, TLDR, I could not say even without any less of doing that this essay it doesn't only explain what we're really in. It's long, but he explains how to get out of it. And he explains who dissidents are. He explains what all of this is. And, and it, is, it is a long read. I've been reading it over and over and over again for it's, about two it, years. It's not that long. No, it's, really. it continues oh, on. Oh, it's, it's long. Oh, okay. But here's the thing. <laughs> There's a part of it that's really exquisite. And when, you, when you open it, if you can go down to, I'm just going to be part of it for you. Okay, go up to section three. Um, or go up, go up. Now, what I'm gonna what I'm gonna say about this is I'm gonna just share with you a little of what he says here, and then I'm just gonna summarize a few points because I'm not gonna read it all. Because so he says, the manager of a fruit and vegetable shop places in his window. Um, oh, and one thing to understand first: what he he redefines the the era that they were in, that is, and he warns at one point that the West is gonna get there. He doesn't call it a dictatorship, and he gives an argument why it's not a dictatorship. He calls it a post-totalitarian system. Think of it like post-apocalyptic future. It doesn't mean after totalitarian, it means while it's embedded. So he says, the manager of a fruit and vegetable shop places in his window among the onions and the carrots, the slogan, workers of the world unite. This could be trans rights or human rights, BLM or whatever. Any it's of the, the, new, the new gay flag. Any, well, yeah. new gay, okay, any of this the stuff. BLM right? stuff, any yeah. ESG, all the stuff we're seeing now, all of it. So, and this is in the 1970s. So he says, why does he do it? What is he trying to communicate to the world? Is he genuinely enthusiastic about the idea of unity among the workers of the world? Is his enthusiasm so great that he feels an irrepressible impulse to acquaint the public with his ideals? Has he really given more than a moment's thought to how much a unification, how such a unification might occur and what would it mean? And he says, I think it can be safely assumed that the overwhelming majority of shopkeepers never think about the slogans they put in their windows, nor do they use them to express their real opinions. The post, and then go down, and I'm going to say, it, it gives the illusion that it's in harmony with what society wants, which is exactly what you're saying, Peter. Then he says, let us take note. If the green grocer had been instructed to display the slogan, I am afraid and therefore unquestioningly obedient, he would not be nearly as indifferent to its semantics, even though the statement would reflect the truth. The green grocer would be embarrassed embarrassed and ashamed towards such an unequivocal statement of his own degradation in the shop window, and quite naturally so, for he is a human being and thus has a sense of his own dignity. To overcome this complication, his expression of loyalty must take a form of a sign, which at least on its textual surface indicates a level of disinterested conviction. It must allow the green grocer to say, what's wrong with the workers of the world uniting? 
Okay. You know what? Antifa, what, Antifa, what are you not anti-fascist or anti-fascist? See? Yeah. Then he says, uh, um, um, thus the sign helps the greengrocer to conceal from himself the low, the low foundations of his obedience, at the same time concealing the low foundations of power. It hides them beside the facade of something high, and the facade is ideology. Yeah. This is the next yeah. part. This, this is what's happening right now. And, and then he says, right he says, ideology is a specious way of relating to the world. It offers human beings the illusion of an identity, of dignity, of morality, while making it easier for them to part with them. As the repository uh -huh. of something supra-personal and objective, it enables people to deceive their conscience and conceal their true position and their inglorious modus vivendi from the world and from themselves. Now, if you scroll down more, that's a great section, but I'm going to jump back because there's another part that's fascinating. And, and um, I'm going to read the beginning of this one. So it says, between the aims of the post-totalitarian system and the aims of life, there's a yawning abyss. While life in its essence moves towards plurality, diversity, independent self-constitution and self-organization. In short, toward the fulfillment of its own freedom, exactly what you're seeing, Peter, in your thing again, too. The aims of the system reveal, it's, it, says, um, it says, while life strives to do these things, the post-totalitarian system contrives to force life into its most probable states. The aims of the system reveal its most essential characteristic to be introversion. And we're going to jump, jump again, jump ahead again. And, and then he says, um, right, "I can't read the whole no, essay." I'm, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm trying to get this one point really quickly, but okay. so it's clear. Ideology, he then says, in creating a bridge of excuses between the system and the individual, spans the abyss between the aims of the system and the aims of life, and it and it, it creates a world of appearances and lies and lack of truth. Now, jump fur further on, and says, um, and then he says. That we see that the Green Grocer's slogan originally has nothing to do with its original text. And, but he then says, by accepting the given rules of the game, he's doing a prescribed ritual and accepting the appearances as reality. And in yeah. doing so, however, he has himself become a player in the game, thus making it possible for the game to go on and for it to exist in the first place. If ideology had originally been a bridge between the system and the individual as an individual, the moment he steps onto this bridge, it becomes at the same time a bridge between the system and the individual as a component of the system. That is, if our ideology originally facilitated by acting outwardly the constitution of power by serving as a psychological excuse, then from the moment that excuse is accepted, it constitutes power inwardly, becoming an active component of that power. Then jump a little further, and what he says there is, um, this is uh, when he begins to talk about how to break it apart. This is the first time he does that. But you have to read the rest of the essay to really get it. But I just want to put this thought out there. Because think of this when we talk about AI and all our fears of AI. Think about it. If, what if the real natural fear is if it's a horror movie, Mike, is actually this. And what we're actually seeing is people not recognizing the difference between Dr. Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. Okay. So this is the actual fear. He says the whole power structure, as we have already discussed in its physical articulation, could not exist at all if there was not a certain metaphysical order binding all of its components together, interconnecting them and subordinating them to a uniform method of accountability, supplying the combined operation of all these components with rules of the game, that is, with certain regulations, limitations, and legalities. ESG as well. The metaphysical order is fundamental to and standard throughout the entire power structure. It integrates its communication system and makes possible the internal exchange and transfer of information and instructions. It's rather like a collection of traffic signals and directional signs, giving the process shape and structure. This metaphysical order guarantees the inner coherence of the totalitarian power structure. It is the glue holding it together, its binding principle, the instrument of its discipline. Without this glue, the structure as a totalitarian structure would vanish. It would disintegrate. 
into individual atoms chaotically colliding with one another in their unregulated particular interests and inclinations. The entire pyramid of totalitarian power deprived of the elements of binding together, like Peter was, was touching on too, it would collapse upon itself as if it were in a kind of material implosion. The thing that he makes points to, though, that I, I caution anyone who is like who is a rebel in this in this time, is that, and you you made it, you did touch on it beautifully. He talks about the need for parallel structures, parallel pull. You build other things next to it. If you keep pounding up against it, so let's say Biden wins again, or even worse, somebody even worse. Who doesn't know? That happened over there. He explains that they didn't have elections. They didn't have it. They still managed to get out of it. And it wasn't what we think it is. It wasn't Gorbachev. And the, that was part of the appearance to the rest of the world. What it was, was the, what they did. And they explain it piece by piece. And it's not, he, he says there's nothing wrong with the political, but the dissidents, the real ones, like all of us, you're, there were normal people doing, just living in the truth. Like, so Peter, you're right. I just caution anyone to think that we have to worry about, we need our guns to make sure we don't end up just being rolled over, like, you know, what the Russians did with tanks and the Hungarians and stood up against them with guns. But here, guns are not enough. You know, if we split up into different states, it won't work. But if we follow really what it means in principle to understand that we too, with as much as we don't want to be, the moments we step onto that bridge at all, we allow, and he describes it this way, it's like the structure creates power from power. Ideology yeah. so becomes it, truth. So this ties into the pronoun stuff. This, exactly. this ties into, into all those uh, public displays that people do to conform or to make the appearance that, hey, you know, I agree with all this. Really, it's uh, it reminds me of um, the part in the essay where he said, I'm afraid and therefore unquestioningly obedient. Like, right. uh, that's what they're actually but saying. We all do it. And I, I was just one last notice that I would say, be really careful when we sit there spending so much time talking to people, like people, and we're not doing it, but the people who talk about Sam Smith all the time. Sure. These people are not, they have, they would, the, the action is the reaction. That's exactly all right. I'm going to take so a little, and, and, and then I'm going to throw it back to Peter and then we can throw it to, uh, Brian over there, but I, I do agree with Peter, though, that I think the way to fortify ourselves, we should be getting back to more self-sufficiency. Yes. We should be putting our hands in the fucking dirt. We should be picking well, up a pistol, a practicing, learning how to use it, going to the range. No, you, you know, and if you're a city person and you can't get out of the city, you better find you better have a plan because so, look, uh, and you we'll know, get there. Don't start we'll that conversation. My point is, continue the point things, things can change on a dime. So I understand so, that you should be prepared, but it doesn't mean you don't fight back for culture. It doesn't mean you don't create art. It doesn't mean you don't create comedy. It doesn't mean you don't do what you're doing to push back against it. Like what you're saying that we have to do. Well, I mean, so, uh, so here's the thing. So here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing that happens. We all know that we got in this mess for one of the many reasons was because, everybody cover your ears, uh, but we got in this mess because um, men allowed it. Okay? Now, how do you, how does, what are the benefits? What are the many different things that happen when a man does things like shoot guns or lift weights or learn how to, or start a business or whatever? Suddenly, his balls fill okay yes. spiritually it's not just prepare yourself for the coming invasion <laughs> it's also, yes 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 it's not just the benefits that outwardly uh, uh, manifest it's also the inward 100%. oh shit i've got fucking animal in me oh shit i'm confident oh shit i know myself and that 
heals culture as well. That heals nature. That heals that we're connected to a higher power. That there are no problems with that. And lastly, you can do both. I'm yes. doing fucking both. I'm going to go on up to New Hampshire to help build a fucking cabin and kill a couple of fucking cows in a couple Fuck of yeah. weeks. Okay. <laughs> and in the interim, and so in the interim, what am so I going awesome. to be doing? I'm going to be making memes. Okay. I'm going to be oh, making yes. music. I'm going to be doing what I'm doing. Right. So you Listen, can do both. It's not a binary thing. kids. And ladies who, if any ladies are listening, speaking for the one lady here, he's right. And we have to raise men to do this. We also have to encourage men to do this. We have to stop telling men, ew, and they like that. If a man likes to watch football, don't bitch and moan that he's not watching what you want to watch with him or any of these guys. Because here's the thing. We are, wait, I, I live alone. I'm single and, and I'm 41 and my parents, if I don't have men acting like men, this is one thing that really bothers me about this whole get your heck out of New York thing. No, these, this is people's homes. People love it here. No offense to this. No, I get the, the men need to stand up yeah. and defend yes. the home. Yes. And, yeah. well, and when a man like that Marine goes and chokeholds a guy who had once even attacked me, and we have some of the people that are supposedly allies with us sitting there saying Wait, that- nearly attacked you? Well, he did. He did once, yeah. What? Yeah, years ago. <laughs> like... And so, I mean, look, Mike probably have seen and knows people who has attacked. Uh, you know, it's, 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 he's been here forever. You, I will tell you where you probably saw him. We'll talk about it later. But the thing is, is that we've got people like, well, I think it was Cernovich, and I, if I'm wrong about that, I'm sorry, but I, I think it was him who basically said that I've been telling you men, don't step in if something like this happens. It's genetic suicide. I'm like, it is not manly to worry more about your little swimmers than the people next to you. Because if you're more worried about your little swimmers, I don't want to breed with you. It's that simple. I want to make another point, though, that ties into this, but is more specific. I can't believe I said breed with somebody. But is more specific to us us homosexuals in, yes. in the chat right now. And that is this this um, general, for that. general cultural stereotype amongst the LGBTQ community that gay men are just have to be more feminine, that you have to sashay and yas queen, and that there's a proper way to gay. And we need to throw this notion out there and just get get rid of that shit because yeah. there's nothing like when a, when a gay man tries to be more masculine or it starts to value those characteristics more wants to go to the gym doesn't care about being a goth queen doesn't care about drag queens doesn't care about any of that stuff it makes him a star because well, that's what it used to well, be. Well, it doesn't anymore. But no, it should. they call it internalized homophobia. They okay. say that you're you're ashamed of your gayness that's by amazing. not embracing more feminine mannerisms. Really? When I really do think a lot of gay, and I made this point before on live streams, like with Chadwick Mora and with Brandon Schrock, that I think a lot of people who like enter the community or grow up into it now, they take on those mannerisms well, not naturally. I think they take them on to fit because, into but, the general culture there, then, and they reject their masculinity instead of trying to develop those more. Well, excuse my French, but that means they're modeling themselves after the unfuckables because it's only the sure. unfuckables that are left. Well, I, I want to hear. I want to hear some of the homos way on this, like chat. Um, so one thing that I uh, find myself Martin. frequently reminding people is. I'm gay. I like men. <laughs> men, men. Men, men. Um, Manly men. Find a penis right Lord now. Lord. Man's man. Um, uh, you know, I, I've never been attracted to the super feminine, whatever. And, you know, I then I have, I, I'm not kidding. I once had, I was meeting up with some friends uh, when I was in grad school one night. And one guy, one of my classmates brought his girlfriend who was a white woman who styled herself as an ally. And so we were just talking and I, I mentioned that, oh yeah, you know, I'm gay, but I don't, um, I don't really 
fit the stereotype or whatever. And I frankly don't want to because I'm not personally attracted to that. So why would I want to make myself look like something I'm not attracted to? And uh, before I went home that night, she like pulled me over to the side and she was like, I just want you to know that, like, you need to love yourself more. Oh, get the fuck out. You know, I, I, just, I just know that you don't really love yourself. And, and you know, you, you really should. But I'm like, but it ties into what I was saying. saying. I don't like going to gay bars. I think you hate yourself for not and what it, what it is, I want to make one. I want to make one. heads. Yeah, I want to make one quick additional point though. Like, are there some men who are just kind of naturally more effeminate? Sure. Absolutely. I'm yeah. not saying yeah. that they aren't there, and I'm not saying they're they're not men for being that way. But they are generally not the norm. And I think even amongst gay men, a lot of men they're they're putting on that affectation i don't think a lot of them are naturally that way that's because of bad art it's not the truth. sure it's bad art it's all my point is that's what's happening that but is yes. the phenomenon but, but, that but, we're but seeing. it's not what's happening <laughs> it's an artifice of these, of the sure all right i'm gonna let chad finish his point point. and then a lot of these allies they just have uh, a stereotype in their head of what gay yeah. people are like and so if you don't fit that stereotype they don't possess enough introspection uh enough you know self-reflective powers to say Oh wait a second! A gay guy is not matching my the idea but in my head. You've been there before, I and guess, I guess I guess he doesn't have to. I guess maybe I have some stereotyping in my head. You know, whatever. This guy's expanding my idea of what a gay gay, gay guy yeah. can be. Instead, instead, the conclusion is you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You, not just you're wrong. You, you hate but yourself. Hold on a second. This happened before in the eighties and during AIDS and everything when people were running around saying that gay men. They have to show that gay men were not simply a bunch of people like, you know, pedophiles and all of these things. I mean, we fought this fight before. And my point being, and I'm not dismissing it, if this is the fight again, there's ways to do it. Again, there are like, there's like, there's, there's Larry Kramer. I got you that book by Faggots by Larry Kramer. It's an amazing book. It was, it was thrown out by the, a lot of people in the gay community. But there's, the, when people remember, who and he talks about Larry Kramer. Larry Kramer was super based, yeah. by the way. If we oh, could just have a what what moment for Larry. Even Kramer. though he was Democrat, he was, he was Democrat, and it didn't matter. It's a different time. No, but no, he, he was so, gay he, critical at a time when nobody 100%. was being gay. Critical. But he also predicted HIV as he climbed into. Well, yeah. so he, he spoke out against ACT UP. Honestly, and, it wasn't very hard to predict HIV. No, it was, no, yeah. wait, the way the faggots were behaving. But that's no, that's what this ties into. I'm not realizing. Well, no, but he. Listen, maybe it wasn't, but there's a lot of stuff that's not that hard. But here's the thing. If these people have already done this before. And look, I, I grew up in a gay community. I'm not gay. I'm a straight, I'm a straight woman. The I'm government made AIDS. He's a faggot. The government made AIDS. I'm just saying. I, I'm, I have no <laughs> idea. The CIA, damn it. What I'm trying to say is if you look back. And there's we, a lot of evidence. Because you lost so, but we lost so many people to AIDS who did this fight before. The fact of the matter is, is if we look back at who was gay, even how pre the Haynes Act, how gay men were depicted pre Haynes Act, post Haynes Act, even gay men would play straight men and make it clear that there was a difference. This is the stuff that it doesn't have anything to do with what corporations are doing and or it shouldn't, nor does it have anything to do with what governments are saying, because back then governments were saying things that really we couldn't even imagine now. And the fact of the matter is, too, that. Those depictions, when you showed up, Chad, what you did, she may not have the ability to self-reflect, but you, you know, maybe she doesn't have the capacity for it. That's not your problem. What you did, being living up by life, you keep doing that. And if she says, 
like seriously reader for filth like what that really means not with the way that people think it means because of you know the reappropriating for drag queen story hour. you sit there and you look at her and, and you stand up for yourself and you say little girl you have no idea you put her in her damn place we need gay men like basil sometimes women need to hear a natural man's candor that's right but josh slocum does it i remember yeah. getting here's a great little story for you that happened in the pines guys and this was these well, I want, I want, I want, let's let yeah, the panel story dominating the conversation Sorry. Uh, yeah. I wanted to let Mikey speak as the other gay to, man in the room. We'll get to my fellow homosexual. That requires you two to shut the fuck yes. up. I'll tell you guys exactly what this is about. It's the fact that nobody has under any deeper spiritual understanding of what masculinity even is. We're told that it's just a costume you can wear. It's the sports you watch. It's these very superficial things. And there's no deeper meaning behind that. And especially gay men are taught that masculinity is basically off limits to them. Yeah. And so you have all these people basically wearing the costume of masculinity, representing none of the deeper qualities beneath that. I mean, look during the lockups, you would see these giant guys who are like just giant steroids with 17 masks on. 100%. Say nothing. And it was people like all of us. Yes. Who wouldn't? Us, Ricky. Um, look at Ricky. Ricky's yeah, like tight yes. short, you know? He's, he's like right. kind of effeminate. He is a thousand right. times more masculine. Totally masculine. Yeah. What yeah. that word Absolutely. actually means than any of these guys who yeah. sit watching yeah. sports yeah. all day. Yeah. What I want to say about the allies and shit, these sort of liberal allies, they love gay men so long as they can put you in a dress and cut off your cock. Yes. They They want to dress you in sparkle face and put you in a metaphorical dress. And they and want to know. Nothing they hate more than when gay men say, well, no, you're so, not going to put me in a fucking dress. And they dress. want your fashion advice. So, and those shoes do not this, go with that. This school. also reminds me how the media like would take these like famous black actors and comedians and want to put them in a dress. Like, wasn't that why Chappelle, one of the reasons Chappelle walked away? That he refused to do things like that. And they were basically trying to control his skits and his show. I know Peter might know a little bit more about that. Yeah. But it reminds me of that phenomenon as well. Yeah, black people have for years, black men and women, for years up until maybe five years ago, would complain about how, uh, 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 you know, uh, they want, they always wanted to put, you know, Eddie Murphy in a dress or Martin Lawrence in a dress or, or whatever. And part of the, and you know, obviously we would go like, all right, calm down, blah, blah, blah. But th what they were getting at is you want to make us palatable. You don't really like black people, so you want to make, especially you're intimidated by black men, which I have a point to that in just a second, but you're intimidated by black men. And so you want to make, you want to take our claws away. You want to, you want to make Mike Tyson in a dress doing a dance at the end of, you know, whatever, because we oh, don't, we are, we are afraid of you because we don't know enough of you. No fucking white liberal knows any fucking black people. Be real, be real. Be real. Um, Can we just say they're illiberal? Well, they like the word liberals. Well, what, don't go ahead, but, well, what the Malcolm X said that the, the most dangerous thing to a black man in America is a white liberal. It's a liberal. white liberal. That's yeah. a white liberal, yep. Yeah, they don't because anytime you don't have access to people, and I see this all the time in my oh, comments, because oh, oh. I've gotten a shit ton of uh, uh, super con Christian conservative followers or whatever, I'm like, you're Same. about to get offended. Here it comes. Because if you don't know, if you don't know, this human, if you don't know enough of a certain type of person, you caricature them. And which is normal and natural. And you either put them on a pedestal or you put them below you. 
right? And really what the liberal does, although they say on the surface is they're putting them above them, oh, I'm white, I'm sorry. What they're really doing is putting them below because yeah. black people can't handle context. Black Michael people Mark, can't okay. handle, I was gonna tweet this, I'll probably tweet this in a few right. days. If you're a black, and black people have done this to themselves as well, by the way. If you're a black person, you think you're a black king or queen, but you can't handle a white person saying the N-word, you're a fucking bitch. Okay, stop. 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 You can't, you two things can't be, those th those extremes cannot be true. I'm not saying that strong people don't get offended. I'm saying they don't throw pee-pee tantrums when they get offended. You can also physically lash out. Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, by trying to control other people's mouths, do you think that's a strong thing that he would do? No, it's people who try to control other people's yeah. absolutely yeah um i'm gonna jump sorry. in at this point because no 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 that's perfect. no go jump in, Brian. dude y'all on a roll first of all i want to thank daniel and brantley i am having more fun on in this little conversation than i have had in a, ages no get me wrong i'm having fun all the time but this is like making my intellectual juices just like bubble this is like oh god y'all like Oh. Calling up stuff and from my past and education, everything else is great. I want to go to to Peter and Michael's point. You know, particularly Peter's about the idea. Hey, there's X amount of them, and there's millions of us. Mike wrote a great essay on his Substack recently. And by the way, for anybody that's watching, if you're not checking out his writing, you need to do so because this guy's a fabulous writer. Um, yeah, and the power of the word no. Mm -hmm. No is a brilliant. Two-letter word so that, can, that, that can save you from so much heartache, physical pain, and it may just no. But I want you to no. I don't care what you want. No, no. This is my life. This is me and where I am. These are my boundaries. You will not violate them. No. Um, with regard to the idea of of you know Peter's point that you know we've done this to ourselves. He's absolutely right. I mean, you know, for years. You know, there was the great theory of God, God gives power to the king and the king dispenses it down to the people and their, their oh, Chad, wow, Chad, what are you? Church off at 69 minutes. So. Wait, did he Sorry, really? Are we here. actually doing that? <laughs> oh, you're such a douchebag. <laughs> oh my God, boys. I mean, I was joking, but. <laughs> I it's okay. That's all right. I'm going to the gym. That's all right. That's all right. Brian, my, Brian, don't let me interrupt you. I'm sorry. My dick's been out for a half hour already. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Then moving on. Oh, yeah, it's okay, the boys that can work out can have their shirts off. That's fine. <laughs> oh, hey, we gotta about the girls, but no, I'm not gonna take my shirt off. Damn shame. I don't, I don't feel. I don't feel. God gives power to the king. The king dispenses it to man. You know, John Locke comes along. No, God gives power to man, and man surrenders that to the king, so that the king may do for him that which he otherwise could not do for himself, and and, and I'm, the point that I'm getting to is this: we've gotten so used in America to giving power to government to keep us safe. We have forgotten something very important that Madison understood when he put the Constitution together. Man is corrupt. If you give him power, he will abuse it. You know, hence the reason you want a very limited, small form of a government so that man cannot deprive you of the rights that God has given you naturally. You know, that's the way it should be. And, you know, to, to go to the idea of parallel structures, you know, there's a historic there's a historical reference that, you know, I go back to on this. Um, 
Has anybody in here ever heard the name William Wilberforce? Mm. Say it again. Yeah. William Wilberforce. Not ringing a bell. Okay. In 1778, he introduced the first resolution in the House of Commons to abolish slavery in the British Empire. That resolution did not become law in Great Britain until 1826. For the next 50 years, Wilberforce led a fight in Parliament and more particularly outside of Parliament to change the culture of Great Britain and the British people so that they would understand the horrors that was the slave trade, the horrors of the slave industry. And it took him all his life to finally do it. But in the end, by creating a parallel vision of what could be for all of mankind, he brought to the end in Great Britain what was a horrible practice there and also around the world. Yeah, and which we had to fight a freaking civil war but now over it's here back. to stop. <laughs> and, 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 and we are now, and now is the time, be it in the arts, be it in music, be it in poetry, be it in painting, or in comic books or video games, Matt Walsh, you dumbass. Yes! Um, Sorry. Now oh is the time for us to reach out to the culture and explain to them, this is who we are, this is what we believe. I don't necessarily want conservative video games. I don't want conservative comic books. I don't want conservative whatever. These values underpin who I am, but I don't necessarily need them right. you know, in my arts and entertainment. I just simply want a society where, okay, you don't agree with me because of something you believe? Fine. I don't agree with you. We live in peace. If we have a difference, we settle it as peacefully as we possibly can. Usually that's a ballot box. Um, and one last point, and I'll turn it over to anybody who wants to jump in. Um, strong men, I'm going to say something's going to piss off a whole bunch of liberals if they ever hear this. Strong men are necessary for a strong society. You cannot have a society where men are, you know, effeminate, androgynous, whatever the hell they are, they are, uh, and just expect your society to go on in perpetuity in strength and masculinity. So beautiful points. I also wanted to, th to point out that the fulcrum is similar to what was talked about earlier. I think Dan was talking about, all you guys were talking about, um, that the archetypal or stereotypical man or masculine or whatever, that's not necessarily true for everybody. There are a lot of lispy motherfuckers who were born that motherfucking way and I support yeah. them. The fulcrum is honesty. And I talk about sure. it a lot of the time when it comes to straight men, because a lot of straight men will dishonestly take their balls and put them in their pocket and say, I like Link. He's a trans hero that they don't actually feel that they don't actually feel they don't even know that they don't actually feel that. So it's dishonesty, which is a muscle. And like any muscle, you practice it and it gets stronger. Oh, yeah. Right. So that's Absolutely. the fulcrum, I think. Oh, and that's and, the same thing with what Dan was saying about these like insufferable gay guys is that it's it's so disingenuous. It's 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 crowd pleasing. It's their way of fitting in. It's a way of showing your submission to the monoculture. And it's very crowd pleasing because it's non threatening. It will never upset the white liberals because they can keep you beneath them. Right. And Brian, what you were saying about saying no, the hardest time I. Uh, it will the time it will be the hardest to say no is going to be the first time. Yeah, because as soon as you as soon as you have drawn that line, it's going to get a lot easier. And I experienced this um, at my last job. They wanted they were following uh, the uh, Biden administration's 
uh, attempt to force everybody to get the vaccine or get fired. And so uh, HR said, okay, um, everybody send pictures, send in pictures of your COVID cards. Um, and I said, no. And I said, I got the vaccine. Now I wish I hadn't because of information that's come out since. But um, I was part of a, a study. So I, I decided to get it so I could be part of the study because it's kind of a cool study. But Which whatever. one did you get? I don't even remember. Um, Come on, you put in your body chat. Come on, chat. Your third nipple, bro. He can take anything. He's like, my body can take it all. Moderna probably. It's probably. He's manly. Chad the manly. Whatever. Well, anyways, um, I said no. I'm not. I'm not showing you my medical records. That is the line. Good for you. And that was scary. And I had a conversation with my boss, who did not stand up for me. And I remembered that later. Mm -hmm. Um. And then they had a deadline, and that this was the dumbest thing, too. It was getting challenged in the Supreme Court. And they said, instead of, like, postponing their deadline for when you had to submit your, your records to after the court decision, they decided, no, 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 we're going to stick to our original deadline of, like, the Monday before the court decision. So then I got a warning about how I hadn't shown my medical records, and I said, yeah, no, I'm I'm... I've been clear about that. I'm not, I'm not showing it to you, right. period. And then later that week, the, the decision came out that, nope, this is unconstitutional. And so then they sent out an email that's like, just kidding. Don't forget about that. Sorry, let's be friends again. Um, but, you know, I remembered, I remember that one time about how I said no and I stuck to my guns. And then later on, it was way easier for me to say no to, to smaller things that didn't sit well with me. And isn't that empowering? I remembered how my boss didn't stick up for me. Yeah. About how he didn't, you know, contact HR to say like, hey, is there any way he could work from home full time? Is there any way, because we were doing hybrid at the time. Is there any way, is there some exception we can make? He didn't do anything. He just said, no, you need to do it this way. It reminds me um, of, uh, it reminds, yeah. sorry, it reminds me of that quote by Martin Luther King Jr., which came to my head, but in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence so of our friends. Yeah. It is so freaking true, man, because more than anything through the COVID lockdowns and the mandates and, and speaking out about the identity politics stuff, going to Jan 6, having the feds show up at my house, all that stuff, what hurt more than the negative things the media said or people who attacked me online and all that stuff or tried to dox me, any of that was people who I thought would be there for me that suddenly vanished from my life, who I didn't hear from anymore, who didn't want to be associated anymore because they were afraid of what that would bring upon them. All of those things, whether they still liked me or disliked me, they vanished. And that is, that sticks with you more. You know, it's the people who didn't stand up for you that you thought should have or expect it. But the silver lining to that is there were people who I did not expect Mm -hmm. to be there for me and to, to, you know, become my friend. Or maybe they were kind of acquaintances and then we got closer or literally just random people like people that we've had on the podcast who suddenly those were the people who reached out. Those were the people who were there for me. Those were the people who stuck up for me. So there's two sides to it. You know, there's that negative side. There's like, all right, well, fuck, my boss didn't stand up for me. But I'm sure you you could pull up an example from your own life, Chad, of someone perhaps who you did not even expect would be there for you that came out of nowhere and suddenly there they were, you know, and they helped you yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah and, and the other thing that's 
kind of fascinating to me in this day and age, and I've noticed this particularly in the past six, seven years, the hive mind, we must all think the same, act the same, be the same, believe the same, and there is no such thing as individuality. And the second that a person says, no, I'm not doing that. No, I don't agree with you. No, I will not be a part of this. The hive comes forward to just, they've got to smack them down. They've got to we just stop them. Can we talk about, can we talk about, well, yeah, but just living not by lies. Well, no, but what James, that is what that is. Just to, what James says in this, and I really encourage, it's 20 minutes long, how to fight a tyrannical You want to drop that link too, Brent? Um, what you just said there, Brian, what James says is that the bravest are not the first to do something. The bravest are after, so, you know, killing the chicken is killing the monkey. You, the, what, the, what happens is, is people are made an example of, and that mm -hmm. first person, in any case in, in time, whenever one person, even if you don't necessarily know, don't just stand up, when you, the people who step up after that, those are the bravest ones because they know what then could happen to them. Oh, captain, the captain. Yes, and also, um, then that makes people truly uncancelable, unfuckable. With, and, and, and I encourage other people to do this, and I'm going to be doing this myself And after I'm done. I'm, I'm producing and directing a play. Now, once that's done, my next thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to start developing something that is sort of an old-school kind of fellowship and friendship that goes, you know, hearkening back to another time where people have one another to lean on, come thick or thin, no matter what. And it's a necessity, or I, even if I'm... I, it's not a leadership thing, creating an environment where that can be done. Because, you know, as someone whose mom lived through these things, I have asked her, what is the only, people have asked her, what do you miss? And she said, my friends, the friendships I had, those friendships, and, and it's friendship with a capital F in an older meaning. It's not buddy, buddy, have fun stuff. It's, it's you know, and I would extend this to every single person. I would personally, on this, just from the conversation we had, if anyone came after any of you, I don't care why. There's really nothing you, I mean, because of the stakes we're in, because of them, there's almost nothing any you, of you. You'd have to do. do something truly abhorrent. No, I mean, you guys would be, I would even just say the, I mean, look, this is not how I am in my daily life. It's hard for me to think of anything, really, short of hurting me intrinsically or my family, where, and even then, I probably wouldn't say anything in public about it because the stakes are so high that. The necessity to make people, because look, when people are shunned or shamed or canceled or anything, you know, it's not a small thing. We react to those things as if we're dying. We're human mm -hmm. beings. Not Ex exile was a way they used to, like, as the highest form of punishment. Well, that's what society. the I mean, let's, they cast you it out. It was worse look, than killing them. It was worse I than mean, killing them. Look, that's part of what the gulag systems and all this stuff was. And, and honestly, we don't need to build them now. We put them in our own minds and we don't have to go anywhere for that. And that's why they do it. And that's why they ban people, and that's why, and it's and it's a real thing. But it, I think they underestimate something because they are they do not. My mother always says some people do not have the capacity. Like people, in, people educated past their capacity is a very common thing, and it sounds obnoxious, and I honestly don't care because what we have to understand is that you know, and men, we really need this from you guys. And there was a time when when the ladies sort of functioned as kind of a. Uh, um, in some ways, whether even if you were gay, there was a motivator, you know, what you talk about, a, a motivation to protect, you know, the elderly, the children, the women. I mean, women are supposed to be with their foot on the snake holding the baby in the air. The man is supposed to come in and, you know, cut the head off the snake. 
but men would die for women. We won't die for you guys. That's just the reality of our sons. And even then, only for a short period of time, consider, considering, all things considered. And men must, you know, look, I'm not just suggesting we go back to ages of duels. When you understand why those exist, nah, fuck you. Wrong, what's wrong with that? Look, I would dare say that, if, but first we would need the honor to honor like gentlemen in a duel. Yes. I don't believe that would happen. There's no honor That's anymore. But can I also add this? Yeah. I saw Peter's gears turning. I'm like, you got something. I've, I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot of very, and I'm not saying you're doing this because you're making great points, Oana. But I've heard a lot of well-meaning based girls in the movement, and I appreciate them. They, they do so much. Uh, you know, I do need space held for me in private relationships to be the man that, and to even be vulnerable and blah, blah, blah. But, but here's what I'm saying. A lot of based women in the movement have been saying things like, you know, we need to hold space for men to become men, men again. No, the fuck you don't sit the fuck down girls i love you but sit the fuck no, down no, because know, here's the deal but no 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 oana oana stop here's what oana stop oana hang on baby what i'm saying is not to you it's to the men to the women who are listening and to the men who are listening as well for the love of god this is what i'm saying guys do not wait if you want to, if you want to micro and macro, if you want to improve the world, <laughs> tell her no. <laughs> if you want to improve your interpersonal relationships with her, and this goes for gay men with fucking uh, uh, fag hags or whatever, <laughs> you tell her no, all of a sudden you feel your royal oats, okay? You have more space, you whatever, and... Girls will start to realize, oh, he's paying for my stuff. He's taking care of me. He's protecting me. Oh, but he's giving me structure. Oh, that's a good thing. And guys will start feeling their royal oats again because this is the thing. The reason why guys on a micro and macro level got into this mode is because we're afraid of taking the L. Okay, we're afraid of taking the L, meaning, oh, if I tell her the truth, she might not fuck me. Who gives a shit? When guys are like, you know what? I'm not going to fuck you. How about that? Right? When that happens, suddenly girls are like, oh, I have to sit down. Oh, in order to have this guy spend time with me, I have to be willing to have a certain, like, I can't just rely on him to change. It's I have to change too. When that, when that happens, when guys do that on a micro level, it'll, it'll translate macro as well. I haven't heard from Mike Harlow in a while, by the way. Old space means, can someone tell me what it means? Because I don't know what it means. It's the same as it's the same as woke shit, where they feel you need to coddle. You don't need to coddle, man. Why would a conservative woman say? No, no, no. Here's what hold space. Here's what hold space means. Doing the same shit. Everything you say, I agree with. So I don't understand. Right. Here's what here's what hold space means. Hold space means on on an individual level. If I'm say with a therapist and I need to really get some nasty fucking trauma out, someone who holds that space is a therapist or a friend or whatever who makes it safe for me to become vulnerable. Right. Just like I make it safe for a girl to be like, oh, I'm a girl. Like it feels good to be a girl. I don't need to be this. I have one more question. You're talking to the women here, right? You're giving advice when I want to understand because I, I want to get I'm not saying you're bad if well, I don't actually I think what you're I, saying. really quick though I think Peter was actually talking to the men he was talking no, to you, the he men. Said it to women. No, he was oh, talking okay, to the men. Well, no, no, no. A part of me, a part of me was also saying girls stop. Sit down. The second part though was to the men. But the main thing was to men because in order to be the man in order to fix in order to fix manhood 
it's 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 our job. It's not. Yes, it is. I agree, and I was in no way, shape, or form. He wasn't was, saying no, and I know that. Yeah. I just want to understand it. I sincerely understand it. I'm not saying you're wrong in any way, because you said, "Girls, stop this." What are you asking the girls who are in the movie because who seem to do something? What are you telling to stop? Because maybe I'm do. I'm trying to. Oh, I said understand. it. So here's what I said. What, what I've seen a lot of women-based women in the movement do is say that, girls, we need to hold space for men to be men, right? In order to make men, that it's almost like it's their job to, to, say, to show men that it's safe for them to be men. It's, it, we don't give a they're fuck. Not your, they're not your parents. We're not your mommies and our daddies. And so any woman who's saying that is full of shit. I'm sorry. And if, if that's We're inexperienced. We're inexperienced. Well, there's, yeah, there's a lot of that. We got a lot sure. of Dunning Kruger floating around the Twitter sphere. So I, you know? I, I feel I, like Mikey has something to say, though. I'm going to throw it to Mikey. I really don't. Oh my God. <laughs> For the first time ever, Mikey's speechless. I don't know what Brian thinks. Do you kind of put your women in their place? Well, you're, the, you're the straight man, so you can comment on Brian, what the other you, straight men are Here's where I'm thinking. talking about saying no. Full disclosure, it's been a while since I've been in a relationship. However, that said, um, we got to set maybe, you up. Well, we, should, we should have a date in Orlando. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Wow. He just threw that on the line. I knew I should. I know somebody who thinks like, like I'll this put in, you in, in touch. In, so. You know, I, I knew I, sh I knew I shaved this, this night for a good reason. Um, part of what we got in society that's the biggest problem is. I'm so, one sex is trying to usurp the role of another. It's like, I don't, with all due respect, men love your women to the point you'd be willing to die for them. Don't be subservient. Don't be a, a doormat. Have your boundaries, have your space. Make sure your woman understands that she needs to respect that. But in the end, you've got the responsibility to protect her, be it, in, in, if you're in a relationship, be it marriage or a long-term committed relationship, you got the responsibility to protect, provide, and be there for her. You are her protection. Okay, madam, you are the partner. Right. You are the partner in that. You don't need to be the protector, the provider, the whatever else. Quit, stop trying to be a damn badass. Okay. She's you don't, a cleric. Two, two pillars in a... In, you've yeah. got, you've got you your, your tank, there, there is tank a, mage doing DPS. There's a caveat to this, and though. And you have the support character, the female, the bard. It's chat after dark. You're delegating the female to the support <laughs> character, <laughs> Brent. Well, I, I am not... Well, I, I want to add a caveat in here, though, about protection. There is a role that women... <laughs> play in your protection right and that's when, when children are involved <laughs> She's working. I'll, agree, I'll agree with that the lioness yeah. in the jungle you know what I mean like the woman is a protector I'll, a lot of the people standing up to in the beginning hey. of the lockdowns and the mandates were women there was a lot of women standing up more than men and that yeah. was the lioness coming out because it was the shit with the kids you want to vax my kids you want to put masks on my kids hey. the men weren't the ones really doing that hey. in the where beginning. are the dads, where are you, are you, dads? you're yeah. touching on it Brian I have a question for you about this this breaks here and Peter as well. For the straights right? here. And Peter's well, but I'm saying this. The token straights. You're all gay tonight. So Sorry. Guys, we, I, we still I, outnumber you, my Peter, boy. Peter, one of the things that's interesting to me, you've got two different generations of men here, all right? And I want to ask each of you this very clear question. Wait, 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 what do you mean two, two different generations because of men? I, I beg your pardon, madam. 
Peter, I mean, we're talking about somebody who's, you know, under, like, around, I think you're about 30, right? Did Peter, you just remember. call Brian old? No, I yes, old. yes, she did. By no, God, no, she called me old. No, I, I'm, no, I'm calling him young. I, I am different. insulted. Thank I'm you. not calling you old. I'm old. All right. So, Bullshit. I just actually. ruined the day. I just ruined it. It's not happening. Whatever. Screw <laughs> it. <laughs> so, Brian, here's my question. Peter, here's my question yeah. for you guys. I think something that's kind of interesting to me is this, is that women right now are... When they end up, would you agree that when they end up being all of those things, thinking they have to be the provider and this and that, that when children either do or don't come along, which is something where that role slightly pivots. Because when a mother, um, the mother takes on the role of the provider, the support for the, for the child, right? In that okay. for a period of time, starting from inception to the mm -hmm. moment that they are no longer dependent, that the need, and I've seen some women in the arts even talk about this, is that the moment that, the, and it's, I found it to be very strange because my family comes from multi-generations of lawyers abroad. I don't understand this American phenomenon. I sincerely don't, but I'm in, in it. When you are trying, Peter, when you meet women who are trying to hold space for their men, Brian, when you are talking about women who try to provide others, do you think it's possible and I'm going to be very juvenile about this, that it's almost like they're playing house. You guys become a doll. Instead of realizing that what they need to be doing is that maternal behavior toward, it's an instinct coming in, mm -hmm. that they start to do it towards their other object of love and affection and reflection of who they are. And, and I think that there, of course, are women who are, do it across the board, but mostly I'm seeing a lot of women, and I'll be honest with you, and maybe a little too honest, it's something that, as I become part of that unfortunate, you know, the, the, what Jordan Peterson calls the the pandemic that does not speak, speak its name, of a woman who, who who is childless not by choice, and nor is it by any mistake on my part. I, I didn't. It just it didn't happen. Even though mostly because I wanted to do it right, and there's a lot of us out there. We didn't want to have a child out of wedlock. We didn't want to do a single. We didn't want to go and do those things. So a lot of these women in these base movements maybe don't face that reality. And men, because you don't experience that timeline, that we conflate fighting for our country or fighting for our principles, because that's the legacy we'll have behind us. Mm. Or some women will start to, the, the, the really crazy, you know, illiberal progressives will become Mother Nature, right? Mm -hmm. Fighting for Mother Nature and fighting, you know, protect Gaia and all that stuff and save the planet. So true. The women that are getting so confused, they put the same energy into their what they feel is their patriotic duty. Would it be something helpful for women to understand and be told, not just the truth, because, look, when Abigail Adams said, don't forget the ladies, she wasn't saying that there were ladies that weren't there and we weren't there at all because we were there from the beginning. We just had. Yeah, the, um, the revolution definitely would not have been successful if there weren't women at home. It wouldn't even be behind those No, men, that, no you know? that's not even it. That, see, that's, well, it's very true. But that's not what I'm talking about, because this is where this is where it gets interesting. The stuff <laughs> where we tend to be Bless you. takes a lot more time. And we have a very 
We have a lot of people out there who want instant gratification, instant information, understand something literally. That's the whole younger generation. Right and now, this, basically. and well, it's everyone, Mostly. and it's also a maturity level. Women and men, when as we age, our roles become something less flashy, less clear. Generally, Abigail, Martha, Angelica Schuyler, Eliza Schuyler, the list goes on and on, and even more. And then, of course, when in a bad way, every revolutionary movement has a Madame Farage, which is a very frightening thought. So the role of women throughout history is not really discussed in specifics at all. And then it gets reframed as a, as a problem of patriarchy, which is, is, is absolutely absurd because you can't have a patriarchy without a matriarchy, you need both. To understand the roles of patriarchs and matriarchs in a more subtle way, so to tell the women that are in this movement who are sincerely experiencing that feminine need to allow men, and I'm not excusing this because you're right, Peter, I agree with you. You don't need to tend to the garden of men like they're flowers or animals or children or romper room. You need to be able to stand there as they go out and fight and tell them, and this is now more metaphoric than it's literal, Stay alive, come home, let's have a tomorrow. But fight for something, and I'll well, be here waiting for you but in a metaphorical right, let, way. Let, let Peter respond. That's my question. My full question was that. Do you, what do you think that of that? a long-ass question. No, but it, because it's a complicated <laughs> thing, and you're not straight, so you wouldn't care about this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Damn. Um, me, bro. <laughs> Uh, I care about your nipples, Dan. Don't worry. Um, I care about all of you, actually. Oh my God, I'm gonna. So, so here's so here's the thing. It is it is it is. Here's what a man needs. Here's what I want. As I've gotten older, yes, I want I want somebody who's going to teach my kids. Yes, I want somebody who, you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, who who is down, who is at least apolitical, if not, you know, a, a dirtbag anti-state girl. But really what, I, what a man really needs when you boil it down to the root is a Robin to his Batman, okay? I need somebody on my fucking six, okay? And on my six looks like she knows how to shoot, right? But it also looks like not just, hey, come home, I'll, I'm going to cook for you, but also, but also I believe in you. Right. But I don't want to hear I believe in you from somebody who I haven't invested any time in because I'm going to hear bullshit. Right. So if I, I if that's what I'm looking for, then I'm very specific. And I and I don't I do believe a lot of men, even in the movement, haven't really practiced that muscle, but I've practiced that muscle. And so I can sense and sniff out who's going to fit that and who's not. Right. And so and so there's an element of. Um, as I've gotten older, I've become less of a slut <laughs> because I not, what, what do you mean, Mike? How dare you? Um, um, as I've gotten older, because I want to, it's not like I don't want to, whatever, but I also, I also know more women and I've, and I've had really vulnerable conversations even since I was young, but I've, it's the connection between, oh, that's why she's doing that. Oh, that's some trauma stuff. Oh, that's what, where it's just like, I just want to have somebody on my six who can handle it, who's emotionally mature, big, big, big fucking mo uh, thing that I need. But I know that it looks like a lot of different things, but that's really what it is. So how women can do that um, uh, culturally is part of it is just to 
so I'll, I'll give it and then I'll give it to Brian. I had this experience. I talked about it on my show where um, this ex-girlfriend and I, um, she was a girlfriend at the time. We're talking and, you know, whatever. And, you know, we're bullshitting around. And she tells the story about how she just went out to dinner with her ex. Right. Um, he had called her up after a few years. Hey, you know, Hey, you know, just a friendly dinner. Do you want some dinner? Blah, blah, blah. She goes out to dinner with him. They have a nice conversation. How you been? How's the mom? Blah, blah, blah. Right. They had lived together at the end of the dinner. He asks and not in a way to try to fuck her or anything. He's like, Hey, do you want to go, go for a walk or something? Right. They were by golden gate park. And she's like, yeah, um, no, I'm okay. Right. She relays this story to me later and she explains because why, by the way, men, everybody pay attention, boys. The reason why she had this emotional awareness is because I had had experiences and conversations with her about what she was feeling. Okay. I put it into context. Hey, you know that thing you're feeling? Let's get down to the root. I put in the work emotionally. She came back to me. She's like, I know why I said no. It's because not because he, I knew, thought he was going to do anything nefarious, but because it was getting dark. And I felt like if we went for a walk, he didn't really have it, right? He didn't really, he ain't got it, right? And Pete, when I'm with you, I feel like you got it. Like when if you wanted to go walk around a dark fucking Golden Gate Park after dark, I'd be all right because I get to just be a girl. I get to just be a girl because I fucking held space for the bitch, boys. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, so because I was my manness. I was, I was able to hold a container for her to just be a bubbly little whatever da, 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 and just be a girl and get to, get to, oh, you cold, you know, whatever, and be the, be the girl for me, that I need, right? Because I showed up as a man, right? So right. it so does need that yin and yang, even with, even with fucking gay relationships I've seen. You know, a, 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 yeah, anyway, I'm not going to go off on intended, but I'm just saying girls, be girls, girls, be girls, and that's the way to do it. Be my, be on my six. Love on me, massage my shoulders, and feed me some food, just like any cut man in boxing. I need to go back to my corner while I'm catching my breath. Somebody cut the blood blister on my eye. Squirt some, squirt some water in my mouth and say, get him, baby. You got it. With, I that, love metaphor, that, metaphor, with that metaphor I love in mind, that. I've got one question before Brian answers real fast. So you said you want a woman who, say, who say, you know says that they believe in you. A lot of women, I think, when they say that, women will say, I believe in the man I think you could be. And I just... Using your sport metaphor is brilliant. So if you could elaborate just for a second on that, when I, when I, when that guy's in there and you're in the boxing ring and that's saying, you got to do, you got this guy, you got this guy. Could you explain for women? Cause I don't think we necessarily, I don't think a lot of women experience this as in our lives, what it means, the difference between saying to a man, I believe in the man you could be, or I believe in you. And they, they conflate the two. And I think there's an important point there. I think so, but I, I could be wrong. But if I'm right, I'm curious to hear how you would. Oh man, it. I'm resonating so much with that right now, Juana, and I think you're right. She, I got, I got a good analogy. If she doesn't Can we just stretch it out. Well, uh, I think it was to me. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be quick. I'll, I'll just say, number one, boys, if she comes across like that, then she doesn't really believe in you. Either, either make yourself a better man, and or if she doesn't see that you're the shit, get a different one. You know what I mean? I've had to cut girls loose. And then, you know, later on, they're like, oh, I should have. And I'm like, yep, 
you should have. Anyway, <laughs> like it happens, right? But another piece to that, and this just real quick, guys, you need to make sure you're improving yourself too, okay? You need to, regardless of her, even if you're by your fucking self, push-ups, shooting, you know, gu- you know, learning your shit, or, or, or being a content creator, being brave in some way, flex those muscles of self-sovereignty and self-belief. Can I ask you guys to just, what would you say to a woman is what I want to hear? Because you said it so well, and, and, and women will often hear it better from a man who says it well, because we don't think the same way. I also love that we're like elaborating healthy, normal gender roles. So if <laughs> you don't also, mind, but, if you don't could do I that, mean, that, would be great. But just uh, what Peter was saying too, and I think that Juana was saying really quick about um, expressing that you believe in what the man could be as opposed to who they are, that I think it is important to find someone who believes in who you are, but finds a balance where you're also seeing the man that they could become because you want to encourage well, them to be better. Well, you don't you know? want them to go back. And like, like, you Peter, like Peter, Peter said, you, you know, when that happens to you, you might have to go back and reassess and be like, well, am I the man who deserves to be with this person or this type of woman? And, you know, and it's the same with gay relationships, too. It also applies to that as well. So, but so Peter, using that analogy we're using before, how would you explain to a woman what it feels like to have that guy, either the person or, sex, or even in a fight, describe it in a fight when you're about to go up against somebody who's freaking big and huge. You don't know if you got it. You're bleeding out. You're, you don't want to end up, you know, tapping out. What does that man who rubs your shoulders, fixes your wounds, isn't being all nursey? Like, what do they say and make you understand that even when you don't to, to remember who you are? It has to be natural. It has to be natural. Here's the thing. A cup man, to extend on the analogy, a cup man who's been doing it 20 years will work with Mike motherfucking Tyson, Right. A cut man who's been doing it two weeks, an inexperienced cut man, is not going to even know Mike Tyson's name. Mike Tyson's not going to know. Winner's going to know winners. Winner has have to attract winners. So if a guy, <clears throat> if a guy comes across a woman who isn't emotionally ready, my last relationship, God bless her heart, she wanted to be ready. She wasn't. And at a certain point, I had to just be like, okay. I, I, let, I set you on the boat. You go find your, your perfect guy. Go ahead. You know, go ahead. Find him, you know. Um, and I hope she does. Uh, a piece of me hopes, you know, I get the call in, in 10 years when she's got a bunch of cats and she's like, I wish I. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just because I'm currently, I'm currently. You upset daughter with ask the same question. But, but I'm just saying winners are going to attract winners. Um, and that's why my, my circle has gotten smaller. You know what I mean? That's why I hang out mostly with Mike Harlow. Aw. So I don't think it was Jeez, I thought gays were dysfunctional. You people are a fucking mess. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know what you're talking about. Using the fight analogy, I would say that the difference between, you know, I I love you and I love who you could be. The difference is you're in a fight the the woman turns to the guy and says you got this go kick his ass and the other one is i'll believe in you once you do it okay that's very true that's a great that's awesome yeah yeah, i'll I'll support you once you meet the vision that i have for you Mm -hmm. um instead of i'm supporting you on that journey 
Yeah. And I in in the fight, before, would you, you know, in the challenge. Would you agree? And let me you need this both is, on some level with different points well, that, in your life. That's what I was saying, though, is that you need someone who's capable of both, who can say, I believe in you now, but also I see the potential in you of what you could become. Yeah. But you have to believe in them in the now for them to, I guess, in the yeah. relationship, the for you to grow and become that person. And, the latter one and it goes be, the other way. I mean, she said the latter one you know? would be Lady Macbeth, which didn't go well anyway. Yeah. Right. So, but what but what helps me improve anyway? Yeah. What helps me improve? If I believe in myself, I'm sorry, but I've been that guy who thought yep. I'm going to beat the shit out of myself until I stop having this certain character defect. Didn't work for me. Didn't work for me. Work, There's an element uh, in my manness that needs some uh, maternal or, or feminine energy of like, yeah, what do you, you know, what do you feel? Blah, blah, blah. When I fucking ask for it. Right. But in that, in that element, what keeps, what holds that space? Having dinner be done. What holds that space? My foot, my place being clean. So that's already off my mind, off my table. So I can focus instead of cutting my own fucking uh, blood blister. I, somebody's already got it. She's got it. That's we need holding the same space. thing, by the way. Absolutely. In today's world, in a different level, like, I mean, what you just said right there, I almost wanted to cry because I'm so stressed out with everything I'm doing. If I had that, I would be my own great wife and I don't. So that, I think that dynamic, I think in today's age, we've, we split it a little bit. And we split, we switch places a little bit here and there because when life throws you a tough one, it has. And, we're, and we're in the girl boss century. But, but in general, the idea of who wearing the pants in the family—it's because what you mentioned about that vulnerability, like to know that you need a guy. The way that I deal, you know, every relationship is like this, but when it comes down to it. You want to make sure, and I'm saying this in a very stereotypical way, and this, there's exceptions to every rule. You need to make sure that the guy can run out there and handle the heavy lifting physically, right? In certain moments. I'm saying in an ultimate story of whatever. I'm not saying it's totally like this. So if that means that you get a little more tired and hungry for a moment and you get to sleep while the guy picks up, you know, he's able to get up and deal with crap. But eventually, we also know women do outlive men. And there's something interesting about that. And so there is a level where I think women are going through a real crisis where to get to that ideal, like I know that I would want that. I, that's what I would want. But in reality, while being on our own, we've had to learn how to do that for ourselves, do that for someone else, do that alone. It's, we're in such a state that right now, men and women have to recognize, all right, we both know this is a fucked up situation. To get to that reality, what do we need to do? And are you as a human being who knows this worth getting me there with? And are you capable of it? And do you have the capacity to do it? Because it'll be worth the effort to get there together. But in the interim, Let's deal with what we have so we can unmuck the crap of, in my case, 40 years of shit. And what I mean by that is I still have bills to pay. I would still have a home to pay for. And so I would love to do that for the person who moves into my mortgage, for example. However, it's still my mortgage. And if this guy fucks up, so the fact is there's a little bit of a balance here where I can then turn around and say, okay, but I'm, it, it, look, it, and I do, when you raise a daughter and you have a family, we can go back to that stuff. But where we are now, we have a bunch of people who everything is topsy-turvy and we're not going to just leave them out to the wolves. So how do we get us all there? And I think that's something I think, you know, I would love to hear what people I, think I about. think Peter is saying, go back into the fucking kitchen, Juana. I'm just kidding. Well, 
an element. Listen, listen. Pay my mortgage. Pay one. Aha. Aha. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Well, I said it before. I don't mean it. You don't have to pay my mortgage because you haven't earned my home that I pay for. It's my home. Right. Here's the thing. It's a couple of different things. And I'm thank you very much to the gays who are having patience through the straight talk. I appreciate. Yeah, we'll get to our dynamic next. We're gonna we're gonna talk about ball sucking in just a second. Um, But uh, but here's the thing: day one doesn't isn't necessarily okay. You you quit your job right now, right? It's not necessarily that, but it's an energy. Remember how I said she just kind of she didn't have to think about it whether or not I would have been fun or cool to go walk at night. So with. She, felt she felt it. She felt it. She knew it in her. She, hang, on, hang on. But she knew it in her gut. Right. So I'm not saying that that on the outside, it looks like this and it looks like that. It's an energy thing. And it's a, okay, I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger on this. Cause for women, for straight women, it's a lottery, Right. You guys get fucked on the back end. We get fucked on the front. We get rejection constantly pushed in our faces, right? But afterwards, once you guys go, uh, I think this is a winner, okay. And you that's a lottery ticket, right? And there is a way, and it's important for you guys to sense and see, like, is this guy, is this ticket a winner, right? But that's something uh, uh, that's something natural, that's something intrinsic, and 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 it doesn't mean you quit your motherfucking job right away, but it does mean energetically you start to feel either comfortable with taking a fucking backseat with being on my six or you're not. And if you're not, go find a penguin. So Peter, here's my question yeah. for you. Would you do no, Peter, on a serious and honest question. I get it when you say you quit your job because if it's just a job. I'm assuming you would not then therefore date an artist with the talent and the passion you have, correct? No, of course I would. So how does she quit her job? Well, if I'm providing, using my art, so, and what if, if she, if her art, but the job is not necessarily for an artist. I mean, if you give a woman an opportunity to not have to worry about paying the bills and just do what she does and keep creating, fine, that's great. Mm. But work, and it's, this is where it gets confusing. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying we've lost our way a little bit. Because look, mm-hmm. in, in other places, we think that in Europe and all this, as I said, my grandmother was a lawyer. My great-grandmother was a lawyer. You, the, a woman and her job versus a man and their job. That's a very American, that's not even a, a, that's not even, that is not an immigrant way. That's a very Protestant American way of looking at the dynamic. And I think those kind of terms confuse people because it sounds like something else. I don't think what you're saying is that you go and quit your job. What you're saying is you understand that you can't have two people whose jobs are their external jobs first, and 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 then maybe if they're lucky, that third entity that is the relationship and family is focused on. That third entity becomes everybody's job. Then the job of providing and having a home and, and getting things in, and you, you have to split the labor. And and if that means, for example, there's a woman who, I, I'm just saying as an example, say a woman has an ability to make a lot of money real fast at home and not really go anywhere, and she becomes the breadwinner, and she becomes the one who pays the bills, and she's got that job, and she's good at it, it's fast, and allows you to go out and not worry about it, but still will treat you as a man. That no. can happen. No. And I've seen it happen. I've, I've seen it happen on the surface as well. Well, I've seen it all the way point, down. It's in okay. New York. It happens all the time. Yeah, in New York. And, and New York, York is a bastion. York. And is New York a bastion of I manhood? I didn't say New York. I didn't say New York. I said, New York. York. I said New York. 
All right. It's started by Hungarian. Hungary, this is Hungarians in a nutshell. Regardless. Hungary is very much Regardless, like where are we now? We're in America. I right? get it. I and, get it. And in order for us We're to human. fix it, I understand the idea of a transitionary period, but I'm saying energetically, I'll repeat it, energetically, women should not fucking lead. One of us needs to. One of us needs to. And it ain't her. Well, it also, a woman can top from below and not lead. Yeah, she's the Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying energetically? Okay. That's exactly what I'm saying, too. Because if we, because if we, at a certain point, how's it working out is the beautiful, is the, the great equalizer. How's it working out doing it this way? How's it working out for girls trying to protect their uh, ego as well as get what they want? It ain't going to fucking work. It is yeah. not going to fucking work. And again, this is a complicated situation, complicated topic. But one of us yeah. needs to fucking lead, and it ain't gonna be her. And if I if I could if, if I could jump if I thank you if I could jump in on this point, um, you asked the question a little earlier. How do we get to the point where a woman feels comfortable enough to let the man be the man? Uh, one word: trust. We've got a society right now where both sexes have been told so many different things about what they ought to be, and everybody's not realizing, okay, it's a partnership. And I think what's going to have to happen, and this may take a couple or three generations for to work itself out, is men need to be men and demonstrate to the woman, I'm here, I'm strong, I've got my shit together, I can take care of you, but you've got to trust me to do it. When she gets to the point that she's not surrender. When she realizes that, then it becomes a partnership. You brought up Abigail Adams, which, by the way, you just earned brownie points with me, and you don't even know it, because John Adams is one of my heroes, okay? Oh, Both of them, yep. And the thing about John and Abigail, they were a partnership for 50, 450 years of their lives. I mean, when they first got married, John would go out riding circuit up and down New England trying to find cases to make money so that he could support Abigail, John Quincy, the kids. They didn't spend as much time together in the first 12 years of marriage as more they spent apart. That's all right. they had were letters. All they had was communication. They talked to each other every damn day. They wrote each other beautiful letters, letters that were witty and funny and personal and and passionate when he referred to her as my dearest friend. That yeah. wasn't a phrase for him. By God, he meant it. That's exactly what Abigail was to John. And they were a part of She would proofread his speeches before he ever gave them. Yep. That's you true. Know? And she also, I dare say, probably is why she, when John and Thomas became friends again, despite yeah. her and having her six, talk about having her, having a six, when Thomas Jefferson betrayed John Adams horribly, basically being suckered by yellow journalists, by a non, by a British journalist, I might add. She wrote to Thomas, or wrote back to Thomas after Thomas tried to apologize, and, and she basically says, you know, and they were very good friends. They used to walk through Europe together, and yeah. she says, and listen, all the things she says. There's only one thing, and she won't even say what it was. We, can, I will not forgive you for. It. And then she said, did you? And then he's complaining about what happened to him, and she says, did you expect? that the viper you created wouldn't turn around and bite you too. Yeah. That was having yeah. John six, but it yeah. also was having his six when she turned around, when, when Thomas lost her, lost his, was widowed and he yeah. wanted to go to the farm and John's like, now, and she said, yes, 
And then they became, they got started talking again. So having yeah. one six varies. I yeah, so and, and, I, I think we're going to move on from this a bit, but I do kind of want to stay a little bit on it before we move on, move on. And I want to give the faggots an area to kind of comment <laughs> on this because look, they're, we're, gonna, we're going to the back of the bus. Oh, right, no. the beards, Let me, it's my turn. It's my turn. No woman. <laughs> That's also at a boy, Dan. At a boy. At a boy, Dan. I'm a man still. I don't give a fuck if I'm gay. No, woman. You're not going to talk to me that way. It's my turn to speak. I'm absolutely talking to you that way. You guys had all this time to talk about the the estrogen testosterone pairing and all the problems and stuff that come with that. There are different issues that come with the testosterone testosterone pairing that are unique to men or lack thereof sometimes. But my point is, you know, there's kind of like a. When people talk about like the top bottom thing, the more feminine man or the more masculine man, like the men in gay relationships tend to try to mimic what a heterosexual one looks like. And I don't think that's the way to go about it. I think there's kind of like a, it's more like a brotherhood. There's a back and forth that happens is you have each other's back. Sometimes one is the breadwinner. Sometimes the other is the breadwinner. There's competition involved. Men are very competitive with each other. And when you throw two of them together in a relationship and you have all that testosterone going, there's competition more in a relationship like that than you typically find in a estrogen estrogen lesbian pairing or an estrogen testosterone pairing so you know where where do we fall into this too because i do think there's a problem amongst gay men of having committed relationships i think you do tend to have these uh situations where they try to fit those molds that doesn't necessarily work like how do we deal with that like what a I mean, I'm going to throw this question to some of the, the gay men here, to Brant, to Chad, to Mike. Like, what does a healthy homosexual relationship look like when you have two testosterone-testosterone pairings? And how do you deal with those particular issues like competition, who's the breadwinner? Like, you rub each other's back, you know? You fight, and then they're your corner man, and then the other one fights, and then you're his yeah. corner man. It's, it's a lot different than what you guys are talking about. And so I kind of want to go into that topic a bit because it's unique to us. Mike, you go first. Um, that would be my ideal relationship. There isn't who's the woman, who's the man. We're each other's man. Um, I'll tell you exactly what the problem is, is that this sort of goes back a little bit to what Peter said in a different way, maybe, though. Um, women are basically a civilizing influence on men. Yeah. They are the nurturing. Men are naturally cavemen. Um, so without that influence there, we need to get that from somewhere. And that could either be ourselves, that can be from each other, or that can be from our community, as much as I hate that word. (laughs) We are getting on all three fronts, the worst values possible impounded in our heads. We're living in this culture where the most degenerate, most self-destructive behavior, that's not just self-destructive, also destructive to others, Um, are the things that are held on a pedestal and venerated. This is a culture where in the gay culture, and by the way, let me say, a lot of these things that started in the gay culture have long since been exported out to general society. So a lot of these problems that started with us are now everybody's problems because this is what they're looking to promote to everyone. They're breaking down the distinction of men and women. They're breaking down the family unit. And a lot of that, that is queer ideology. That is what they're encouraging slutitude among the heterosexuals. They're saying that is normal, you know, be promiscuous because that's what we're like. And you should all want to embody that. That's what's cool. And, that's what's and look, I'm not saying it's just the gays. All that did start from the the Cultural Revolution in the 1960s, the Free Love Movement. And that was a sexual revolution. That was the straights. Straight. So it was a lot of straights doing and that. And the CIA. So just saying, guys. 
Well, and of course, you know, when you have an entire community telling you that the way to gain acceptance is just by being the drunk slut at the bar until you're 50 years old, gay men have been a so sold a false bill of goods. And there's, those chickens are coming home to roost for yeah. many of them. They've been sold a lie. There's and people talk about the lifestyle. People talk about the lifestyle. Gay is the sexual orientation, but it is also a lifestyle for many of these people who buy into all of these things. It's sort of this culture where it's like we have the right to marry, but not the right to love under their guidelines, basically. That's a go and, and just to go to what Chad said, it's so true what you were saying before. Like you look at gay men, and this is why I struggle with them because they are just not just insufferable, they are just pussies and i can't take it you look at any gay dating app look at go to any gay bar like they just radiate weakness and that's what i was saying before is the gay men know, do not know what masculinity is and have been we have been told that it is I'm off limits you, many many are, are rejecting it because they want to be cool and to fit in yes there are the naturally effeminate ones and that's fine there's always going to be men like that and women who are naturally masculine but a lot of them are taking on that affectation to get dick to fit into the clubs to fit into the circuit scene to you know yas queen and all that because they think that's the behavior they have to display to be cool and hang out with the cool kids and then and they get dick you know and be accepted by society let's let chad comment he's trying to play mike. mike going off of what you said about you know the false bill of goods that gays have been sold um i like how 30 is called gay 80 but then any dad. prominent gay guy on on twitter particular or instagram particularly those getting a lot of attention because of uh you know their physical attractiveness they're all like 34. so true um like every single time daddy um, issues daddy so, issues, like, daddy uh, issues. <laughs> the gay world is so much so <laughs> gay men have their own daddy issues arguably that's what creates gay men uh, some might think that See, i, think I have reverse daddy issues that my dad is like my best friend so that's like caused me problems getting along with gay guys you're gonna have such a relationship one day that's gonna be so beautiful Oh, Wani, so sweet. Look at Mikey Chris. All right, are we done? Oh, no, 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 no. Get back to we, what we, I want to talk about. We can move on from Sorry, Chad, I didn't mean to. I just, I'm tired about this relationship. Well, I, want, I wanted I to wanna, give that same topic in. to the gay topic. Does anybody else have something they want to contribute? Chad does. Yeah. Go no, for I, it. I have something I want to say. So, um, you know, as far as uh, having a, a strong gay relationship, you know, I've I've been uh, dating Lord Brentwood of Blackfordshire for uh, a little under three years now. Um, and really the most important thing is, honest. right, uh, figure out what your values are, communicate those with any potential partner, and as soon as you can, be very upfront about it. Because what's the worst thing? Yeah. They're just like, no, I'm not into that. Mm -hmm. And then you're not you know, matched on Bumble anymore or whatever. Like, oh, no. <laughs> um, and certainly you need to figure, you need to agree on, on those values and sort of the, the basics of how your relationship is going to work before any sort of sexual activity. Uh, because as much as, as much as, oh, guys are really, guys are really, you know, they're external about it. They don't care. It's just, you know, it's just whatever. Um, it's, it's the women who get attached. No. It's not true. No, that's just not true. Yep. Um, again, bill of lies that uh, I think men more broadly have been have been sold. Uh, that oh, men, all men can just look at at sex as something completely external and they don't have any emotions to it whatsoever. I that agree. is not true. 
resonating with everything you're saying right now. And you better figure out the details and the basics and the fundamentals of your relationship and the values that you share with that partner before you're sexually active. That's what I'm That's say. so true. And yes, men do get attached. And I think we, I think men and even straight men, I think a lot of them just don't want to admit that. And I think they think it's yeah. cool to, to detach themselves from sex and to get laid as as much as possible. And they're kind of taught that at a very young age. And, but it's, it's like tenfold for gay men, you know, like we are, we are not supposed to look at sex as something sacred. It's just, that's not the cool way to do it amongst yeah. our quote unquote community. And I hate that word. Well, too. why? I think just to just to put it why again that's a symptom the actual disease underneath is we want what we want right now we want instant gratification we want to we want to come we want to get high we want to whatever so you fill in the blank and again that's another layer because what's underneath that what are we really looking for security and distraction and how do we fix that again another layer down what the real problem is is our insecurity what our real problem is, is our fear. What our real problem is depression and anxiety. Again, it's cultural first. So how do we fix that with self-care, motherfuckers? Prayer, motherfuckers. Meditation, motherfuckers. Heal your relationships, motherfuckers. Over and over, you do all that shit, and what happens? Suddenly, I'm walking a little lighter. All of it gets, ooh, baby! Shit! God damn it! St. Joseph. JC's in the house. Yeah, baby. That, anyway, but Peter, that's Peter, the base that, and that is the difference though between gay and straight is that when you are gay there's nobody to say no there's yeah. nobody who will tell you that these are bad things that yep. you should change yep. these are negative you, qualities you an older gay man darling no a lot of a lot of the older ones are still like that too one and they are like, and, 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 ones well, are dead now. well but like mikey said like you will get these 50 six year olds who they they never settled down yes yeah, they, so ne they never left the party maturity. lifestyle they who were never able to look at sex as something yeah. sacred so it's all it's open relationship a lot of our elders yes you to did the AIDS crisis. yeah and you guys lost a lot of your elders to the AIDS crisis you lost a lot of the people who knew how to live well and that's one of the tragedies. I mean, Friendly Boots put it so beautifully. And I'll tell you that my heart is with every younger gay guy now who, and all the older gay men who feel very tired and, and I will, and it's, and look, it may seem like it doesn't make any sense, but there is a intertwining in these relationships. So back once upon a time, gay men would teach in a strange, I mean, it's all idea of queer eyes for the straight, which has become just ridiculous, but gay men and talented human beings that showed something would give people something to aspire to and want to emulate. Today we emulate Sam Smith and the Kardashians and it's a problem. Oh. Oh. Nailed it. Or Biden Nine. and, and you know, we, we look out, we need to see, we have to know, we have to see people exemplifying it. That's why I, I complained about um, Cernovich, Cernovich earlier. We don't remember what honor means. And honor for women and honor for men have different nuances, but honor under humanity, it, it means something. And I think that um, I do hope, and it's a, I just want to say that seeing um, people have conversations like this, I mean, it reminds me of a long time ago, um, remembering that people would talk about, you know, what do you do once a lot of these barriers for entry, so to speak, where anybody can suddenly feel free to do whatever they want without having to go through the trials of trying to understand what it means not to have it just being something. Look, it, it kind of goes back to what the Declaration of like, the pursuit of happiness, right? The pursuit of it. That's the 
to, to just be happy. Actually, somebody recently told me, and I, I have to fact check this. Sweetie, you're rambling. No, I'm not. I, it's not. Somebody said, and I have to fact check this, that the original, the original declaration said the pursuit of property, which is an interesting thought. And I'm not that sure. That was John Locke's version of it. Yeah, that was Thank Locke's. Yeah. And, and if that's the case, well, what does that mean? It's an interesting thing with what we're all talking about with everybody's behavior right now. Happiness is a low bar, man. The pursuit of happiness is a much higher bar. It, the joy comes in the pursuit. And so I would take it even higher than that. And I would say the pursuit should be meaning. And this is where I very much agree with Jordan Peterson or Viktor Frankl, who wrote Man's Search you for Meaning. You don't pursue anything without meaning. Me, what, I, what I mean is happiness can come as a result of pursuing the meaningful thing. Or but, curiosity. But let me finish. Pursuing the meaningful thing itself is not always a happy experience. That's it's right. not always going to bring you happiness. A lot of it is suffering. A lot of it is toiling. A lot of it is going through dirt and struggling and working but you do it because it is meaningful happiness will come as a result oh, yeah. of that but you don't pursue that i don't or, think that or you do be it because honorably you must even if it's not meaningful to you and it's drudgery and it sucks everyone wants to do the things that are easy and feel good immediately well, this, and they want to know the result this goes back to you know the thing that mikey was saying too there's no regulating force among gay men they just they want to pursue I'm pleasure real. because it makes them happy but it's not meaningful going around and fucking a whole bunch of people is not going to bring meaning to your life settling okay, down and, and finding someone to build something with is that's where the meaning comes from that Eddie, takes work and that takes struggle there's on. happiness in it but there's a lot of work and stuff. Okay, we're moving on. I think right. Peter and I have said this so many times. Hang on, I'm so tired of this topic. Hey, this okay. is vanity of vanity. Okay, we're Hang moving on. on now. And I gotta okay, ask I'm, you guys. I gotta go. Oh, bye, Peter. Oh, Peter. oh no. I, I gotta head out in a minute too before the final word closes. Yeah, I'll get I'll get a final word. I just want to say thank you very much, uh, uh, Brentley and Dan, for having me on. And for everybody else, it's been lovely. Uh, 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 Chad and Brian, we got to talk more. I, I know Iwana and Mike, you know, I don't Water. care about Mike. Just kidding. Like, no, fuck you. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, but uh, I also just want to say, you know, the other thing is a lot of these anti-state guys, a lot of these – what's called Sigma or what's called trad, you know, trad, you know, a bunch of different things based all these right? terms, all these terms. I swear to God, there's countless memes, countless reels on Instagram, countless, or even TikTok, I'm sure. Um, and they're not even super duper shadow band. It's this weird little, and it's not little, this giant cap, just cavern filled with problematic shit and uh, open, uh, Christianity and like memes about God and, you know, and like all this based heavily based shit in the anti-state community. And I'm loving it. And it's so heart heartening and life affirming. And one of the main things that keeps going on is I, I've seen multiple memes about that, about that Marine who took down Jordan ne Neely. Um, it was a manslaughter, everybody, you fucking dumb dumbs. Um, but it, 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 there's a lot, been a lot of memes are like, you know, the, him walking down with handcuffs and it's like, there goes my hero. Right. So like we're, we're actually culturally super down to die, super down to protect, super down. You just got to find the right ones. And that's happening underground. And again, what has been always underground eventually becomes mainstream, but it's the cool ones. Nobody who wants to control them, the mother motherfuckers is cool. Nobody looks at, at, at fucking, you know, Jimmy Kimmel and laughs. Stop, stop. Right? <laughs> so we'll, we'll let that pudgy fuck do what he's doing for the rest of his life. And then, you know, slink off into nothing. Um, 
and, or Pizzagate. Um, <laughs> but, oh, but I'll just Whoa, say that was two last bro. things. So keep heart, everybody. Number goddamn one, keep heart. And number two, take care of yourself. Meditation, prayer, whatever it is, take care of yourself. And hit I love the gym. You. Hit the gym. Well said, Peter. Good to see you. Thanks, Will I Peter. stay for Mike? Are you going to say one last thing, or you're you're going to stick around a little bit? Uh, yeah, I should get going. The grocery store is going to close, and I am a fat fuck who needs to go to the gym. Um, I feel like I had something very profound to say, and now I don't remember what it was. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to mention, though, it's interesting. You mentioned Jordan Neely. I was just reading about this case in the 80s. I forget his name offhand, but um, it's actually the case that inspired the subway scene in the Joker movie. But there was a very similar case to what happened uh, where some person, some good Samaritan took down some violent vagrant uh, on the subway and they got arrested for it at the time. And in mass, the people of New York rose up and said, no, good for this person. We're sick of the crime and the filth. Where are they now? They're living there. Well, I'm going to comment on really quick and give a, a real world example. There were two GoFundMes or I don't know if they were GoFundMe. Mm. Give, send, go. Give, send, go Give, pages go, yeah. started. One of them was for Neely's family, and the other one was for Penny's legal defense. Mm-hmm. Neely's family, I think, only has, like, I think it's, like, two hundred to 300000 right now. The one for Penny's legal defense, I think, has to be at, like, $3 million right now. Or maybe Holy. That said something in and of itself. There are people who see, and, and, and Mike, they do realize, the, they do realize what that situation is. No offense, was. Mike. You, and I say this with love. New Yorker to New Yorker here. Long-time New Yorker New Yorker. I was not here until recently. I didn't plan to come here. I had no idea. I'm telling you what they're showing us online and stuff. Get out on the street. Go take a walk. Come down. Go down your street. Let's go and go back to where it all began before the lockdowns hit us. 2.7 million. I'm telling you, the people on the street are not... They're not in, on, on, on board with what we're seeing on Twitter and the media and the talks that we're hearing from the people from those the fight we're having. And while I'm still here until Monday, if you want, to, want me to show you, I can show you. If not, I swear to you, just get out there, go for a walk, go down, go go out, out, out. In I do all the time. They're, they're, maybe they're not all on board, but the vast majority are not willing to the vast majority I'm meeting, the We vast were all here during the vaccine mandates. I'm How many people now. were out with us on the streets? So they're not, I mean, even now. if they disagreed, they're not openly but standing I, But they up. are now. I'm telling you, they are Where now. Where are they? I've seen, I, I can point them. They're <laughs> openly standing yes, up? Where? Yes. Okay, go. Uh, the fact that you don't see them, I'm telling you. Girl, I live here. I walk No, but I've been walking around. Walking around for like a week. No, but in a week, I've seen three. We're in exile here. We're stuck. Okay. I love down. y'all. I love y'all very much. If, if it's happening, I'll see you soon. Thanks minimal. for joining us. Thank you for having me. Have no, but I know it's not. I think there needs to be. I just want to say very If we keep telling New Yorkers it's not happening, I mean, it's not, it's not that I'm not saying it's not happening. I think there's a reason that you're not seeing more we people are. do what Penny did. You know. But no, I'm not talking about Penny did. I'm telling you that there are so many people out there right now. Daniel Penny is. I know. I mean, I don't even Bro. know how to. I don't even know how to react to that, Daniel. I know you live here right now. I do I, live here, but what I'm saying is, I agree with Mike in the sense that more people need to stand up, but, even but, if they disagree. And I'm saying there would have been no lockdown, there would have been no vaccine, there would have been no nothing if people stood up. Stand up, sure. I mean, when I know there's an event happening, but I don't hear about them. We did, but not enough. I told you about before. 
work. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't hear about these things. They're not promoted on Twitter. Yes, there isn't a mass movement. Yes, but they're not clearly not gaining ground. They're not getting a lot of traction, and there has to but be a reason. Well, for you that. guys, you need to like calm down first of all, and second of all, like understand that like this I'm just calm. happened. There's still things happening. I'm just stunned because I'm just. I will. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning a bit towards Mike's point here, where I do think he's right. There's not enough people standing up. I'm not saying no one is standing well, up. Well, I know, and all I'm telling you guys is like, if we keep bitching amongst them, they're not standing up when they are. And everyone's like, hello, we're here. We all sound like Jennifer. Girl, I am just, I'm doing you know, way listen, more I, than I reached out. I reached out to a few prominent conservatives and I asked them if I should get out into the street, start doing stuff with cameras and start making a ruckus for Daniel Penny. And what I was told was that we should sort of leave that to their legal defense team, that really the people that need to be the voice of this is victims of violent crime on the subway. And they have the last thing that he kind of needs right now is a bunch of white conservative oh, I activists. Agree. I don't mean walking down the street like that. That's not the way New York well, I'm just, I'm just relaying what I was told. I mean, if you go to the bars, you listen to what people are saying. They're rooting him on. They're talking about it. He's looking yeah, but cover. most people will quietly support Penny, of course. But that's yeah. the problem. They're not being quiet about it, though. Well, where I'm not, I haven't seen a lot of the not quiet stuff yet. But it's never, but be, not been being quiet in it. New York has never been. There's also, protest. there's so much shit going on right now in New York. Daniel Penny is like one of like 18 things. Yes. Immigrant crisis is happening right now. I think like, Mikey has something. And no one's talking say. about uh, I mean, so the congestion pricing is a huge yeah. deal. No let, one's talking inflation. about inflation. Let Mikey speak because I know he has to leave. <laughs> I haven't gotten over the fact that we were segregated. We yeah. brought back segregation, and that wasn't enough for people to stand up. It Thank never you. would have happened if enough people said no. If people went on strike, the, uh, this is a very sad reality. The vast majority of people, probably ninety percent of the population are fine with it. And I'm, yep. and I'm thinking if that, what we lived through the last three years wasn't enough for people, I don't know what will be. So I would love to be wrong. And I think this kind of ties in to what we were talking about with a lot of things here. We are living in this very sort of feminized culture where sort of the highest virtue is agreeableness. To be nice. And yep. Oh, absolutely. People need to break out of that. Nice is different than good. People yeah, need to break kind. out of that. Be kind, but not nice. Don't be nice. Stop with the trans. Nice online reference there. What was that, Chad? <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, nice being different than good. See the trans movement. Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So accurate. No, I, th yeah. I think that does tie into the things we were talking about, though, in regards to the differences in the sexes and the breaking down of that and the roles and all of that. It's like, look, shout out. Dude. The trans stuff is mostly being pushed by women. And there okay. are a lot of the rad femmes who don't want to acknowledge that point. They'll say that, oh, this is men doing this. It's always the men. It's always they're stepping into our spaces and doing that. Girls, you are allowing it, and you are the biggest advocates for it. That's the HR department. Okay, we're getting you know, it's like, but it does it ties into all of this stuff. It is what Mikey said. There is definitely an over feminization. Before we move on, we're seeing, for, like, for Daniel Penny though, this just happened too. His uncle, who was being the primary like spokesman for the family, mm -hmm. was arrested. Apparently, he had seventy arrests, um, and they arrested him for two open warrants. Include where he was involved in a lot of purse snatching at local restaurants. He ran away from the cops. He fought the cops. He had a uh, gravity knife on him, which is uh, illegal in the city. So he's in trouble. Will they actually uh, put him in jail or will they let him back on the street? Who knows? But I thought that was an interesting addendum to the story. Uh, well, thank you guys. I'm sorry I got to run. I got to make the grocery store, but this was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Mike, give me a ring if you want to get together. Yes, I will. Uh, Brian, I'm coming on your show soon.
You check your calendar. Chad, are you still on Twitter? Wait, you're not chat. When did you get a new name? That's why I was confused. Uh, February. What? Yeah. You, you identify you it your handle. Right now? <laughs> are you still on Twitter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Hit me up. Come on my show. Yeah, uh, I will. Chad, where are, where are you on Twitter, by the way? I am Chad not Manly 007. Manly? <laughs> what is it? Chad Manly 007. At Chad Manly 007. <laughs> oh, my God. My that. God. You're cool enough to be one of my friends. And what are you? Oh. What are you, Brian? Brian, you. what are you on He's Twitter? Yep, the front porch, porch C1. And since my name is not there, I'm at OOANA. Yeah, yeah we Mike, follow maybe, you. maybe Saturday we can do something. We'll see. Yeah. And I am not Mike Harlow, Where but I might you? be. It's not him. And Mike, you check your calendar. You let me know when you're available, dude. Yes, I will. Okay. Okay. I'll hit you up. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Go get your food. Go get your food, Mike. Bye. We're not. We're not. Bye. Just leave it. We're going off for a minute. Yeah, I figured we go. We can go for another half hour. I haven't even gotten to like half my hit topics because y'all got so sidetracked talking about sex and gender. Um, the straights got really you said sex that's all the gay that's all the straights <laughs> needed man i mean you seriously Woo! shit i've had so much sex i'm over it it's uh <laughs> you, you get tired of it after uh, you, you just you have certain number of peak experiences and you're like eh, it's sex well, obviously, our lives are going in two different directions. That's oh my God, right. <laughs> You just gagged yourself. Hey, right. you heterosexuals, you guys have it rough. I'm sorry. That's just the way the good Lord dealt the cards. But you know what? At least I you look got... forward to having a drink with this gentleman. Oh, my God. What? Uh, by the way, are you drinking wow. Prosecco? I'm sorry? Are you drinking Prosecco? Oh, yeah, I brought a Prosecco for yeah. that, yes. God damn it. I'm, I've got great eyesight at 51. I knew that bottle when I saw it. Get it. Yeah. So wait, satire or real? I need your guys' instant response. Abortion is freedom. Um, real. I would need to see. I no, think the shirt is give real. me your gut response. I think the shirt is see, real and the account is for parody. My gut response would be confused, and I would I would <laughs> click their page and read the bio. Uh, okay, let's click the page now. I would say satire. Satire, satire. Let me see satire. the bio. Let me see the bio. This Trans, is the bio. Inclusive feminist, human rights attorney, author, abortion pills enthusiast. Damn lawyer, Jesus. It's probably real, actually. I think it's it's real. Tweets. I think this and is serious. Tigger likes and her, her replies. Oh, she's real. This is real. <laughs> I told you. I told you. I did not think. Anyone would admit, yeah, that's my entire personality. That's like, that's an insult when you say that to somebody. Your entire personality is X. Think about how shallow you have to be. Yeah. That this is the sum total of what you are. That's how bad it is. It's yep. real. Like her career. Well, I mean, her, her career world revolves is queer theory, which is, oh my God, look at that. Pull the, make that bigger. Make that bigger. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 my god. oh my god, I gotta go to sleep Thank tomorrow. Show me that. I'm gonna go nightmares. Is that in New York? No, I mean, it could I don't be. Know. Maybe it could be. God, that looks like a New York skyline. So, for people who are just listening, look at those, that outfit is okay. Somebody, how do you even describe this? This is awful. Okay, somewhere between a nun and a hooker. So, right, she's so, so she's wearing, uh, 
and she's wearing like a dress and she's wearing a, a dress that looks like something that came from American Apparel circa, circa like 1994. So it's really low cut with no bras. Her boobs are hanging down and it's and it's it's got it's embezzled and bedazzled with the words thank God for abortion in gold block lettering with a bunch of like you know fireworky more in gold and That's then she's wearing a catholic cross that goes down below her cleavage she's wearing um a habit no she's wearing like Ginsburg she's wearing brilliant. she's wearing a stephen king feminine female villain pair of eyeglasses that kind of like had eye <laughs> and a nun habit and she's like as, as pale as can be and she's wearing fishnet stockings and she has a purse little smile on her face and her tits are all the way out and she claims to be a lesbian by the way no no no, no no wait a minute her wait a minute. her tits are not all the way out trust no, me they're, they're, I, no, I can tell you low. her they're tits are low. not all the way out okay there's a lot of there though all right they're not okay her nipples are not showing but they're just hanging low so it's not a boost uh, all right i agree with that like, i agree with that it she looks like she she looks like a trans man or trans woman who was really a man but she's not and so she's just, also it's wearing the, one of the collars I mean, she's mary mary she's, she's wearing one of the lace collars like ruth bader ginsburg is she oh, also i didn't see that oh god yeah she's it, wearing ruth bader ginsburg, ruth bader ginsburg jewish RBG was, of course, but she also wasn't buried as a Jew, and she basically has become an icon. Is is it a tranny? Um, Might be. You know, we are in that day and age, and sometimes it it really is. Does that? I mean, I'm seeing Adam's apple. I'm seeing wig there. I think she might be. That's why I think I I nailed it there. Like I said, we're in the age when it's becoming a little difficult sometimes. I think she's. I think it's a. Is she a he? I think she's trans. Maybe. I I don't know. Did she? Or does she just have some fat under her chin? I can't tell. I think it's a woman. I think it is. Well, I. I, She had woman. Yeah, she had woman hips in that picture, and I feel like only a radical woman. That's supposed to be padding. Would honey. revolve could be their padding. personality around abortion this much? But also, it's hard. Yeah, she's to tell. clearly cluster B. Let's just leave it at that. Oh yeah. What's that, Josh? One hundred percent. That's obvious. That's obvious. This looks like Halloween gone wrong. Is what it looks like. That's Halloween on acid. I mean, I actually once dressed with uh, in a pair of us. We did uh, master of, um, um, yeah, a master of master of all trades and master of none. And I was the nun. He was, and I was like, he was my master, and he was a workman. She looks like she's that like half kinky. that. All right. So kinky? wait, if you guys think that's bad oh, what if God. i told you there's something worse let's see it. there's always something worse <laughs> always something worse brent i is love you and i'm probably gonna hate you in a minute there's, there's, every day i open uh, up twitter and scroll a bit i'm like oh my sorry. god oh, yeah, so this, this, this is yeah. a trans woman a man who ew, she's that's pus ew. who loads himself full of hormones and was pumping his breasts and managed to extract some sort, some sort of cancer sign. Li- yeah, like whitish liquid from his, his, name was Jeffrey his breasts. And uh, yeah, he put it on the internet like it was a good idea, like like it was a brag, like it was an own. That's not sure. And like mostly movie. people just collectively revolted and got like very grossed out. Um, imagine that. that. This is what him. Is this? I'm an incredibly cuddly cow. What the heck is that? am I looking? No. This is why I feel like we that. need to drag these faggots back <laughs> in the closet. They're not right. faggots. These are something else, man. This is, this is well, not... this is what happens when faggotry is allowed to be no, taken to extremes. No, these are not faggotry. gay. These are something else. They're well, not gay. This is, well, yeah, but they're like getting they're getting included with well, us. They, but, don't, so but don't drag them into the old closet. They we need to shame them. You don't need to even look at them. Some people are so beneath you, you don't even have to acknowledge 
acknowledge them, and this is what. Oh, oh well, they, they they refuse to be unacknowledged. I love that's this account, really by the way. If you guys them. aren't following Jebra Fashe, it's not gonna happen. Jebra Fashe is these are brilliant. These are people being platformed in the. It's already happening. Brilliant satire. Just saying. If you guys aren't following this one, she's really funny. Or he's really funny. I'm not sure what the gender of the person actually running. Well, really quick. What is that? What is happening right there? What is that? Um, This looks like some kinky stuff. I'm not sure what this is. This is a piece called Continental Breakfast. It's a brilliant statement on our current world. This is called Continental Breakfast. What is going This. What is this? Lord Almighty. I think it's it's art. No, no, it's not art. But what is this? (laughs) It's a perversion of art. I don't know. It's a I'm just going for perversion. Forget the art. It looks like the some. Are they supposed to be? Wait, that was AOC. It looks They're like, like it. flight attendants. That's not. No, they look like flight attendants, but they also look like. This is creepy stuff, man. I wish Mike was Wait, here to no, talk no, about no, our no. movie. This looks like. No, no, they look like girls from a Robert Palmer video. <laughs> no, Robert Palmer. Who are the people hot, like, with the cameras? As if this is something worthy of being documented. Yeah, I don't get it. Look at the guys in the corner. Like, guys got a tripod. <laughs> look, at the, look at the guy in the blue shirt. He's looking away like, I really don't want to watch like, this. I don't want to stare at I don't want to I'm filming. I don't know. But that's why, that's why this that. account is really funny. Would you send me a link to that? Really quick, though, because we got a bunch of people still who are watching, and we very much appreciate that. So I just want to say thank you that you're actually still here watching because we've been going for a couple hours now. We have 99 followers on Rumble. We need one more to hit 100. So if anyone wants I to be my YouTube. Oh, you awesome, channel? and click yeah. that follow button, we would appreciate it. Bitch, I'll fix that right now. Let me know. Oh, you want to be number 100? Hell yes. We're streaming on Rumble, man. We, we said I, fuck you. I haven't. I could be your number 101. I just have to get Actually, you we'll know, 31, 31 is it's pretty good. Dude. We had almost 50 more, before. More than yeah. we get for I'm a YouTube. Boys, you're at 100. Somebody's already done it. So, because oh, uh, we're plugging, can I uh, talk Hell a little yeah, bit about what I do? You. Yeah, sure. So, my name is Juana Tran, and my name is spelled O-O-A-N-A, but it's Juana. I can pull up your YouTube channel. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Juana and Rumble at Juana, but also um, I am in the middle of producing and directing in St. Petersburg a play by Eugenie Inescu called Rhinoceros. And um, the venue is um, being shifted as well as the date, but um, it's so that the, the, please ignore that upper banner because I moved venues and we're in the middle of doing that. I'll be updating that shortly as well for anyone who's already bought tickets that will be dealt with this week. Forgive me for the delay there. But the play is a really incredible, timely play um, of our time. And, and, and take a look at it. If anyone out there is in the Florida area and interested in participating um, in any way, shape, or form, Reach out to me directly on um, direct message at OOANA on, on Twitter or get my number from one of these two or someone else who knows me and just call me. Don't worry about it. Just do it. If you're interested in um, either uh, auditioning for some of the remaining roles, I'm still looking for a production designer or manager as well as a stage manager. And I am still looking for some venue suggestions and I'm pretty sure where it's going to be, but I'm very open to it. If you're in the Florida area and you want to support, there's many things you can do because I'm a transplant and I'd love to chat more about um, the theater world um, and the coalition of sort of what art and um, um, unshackled from politics is really all about. Um, And also, if you're in the Florida area, thank you very much for giving me somewhere to go. I deeply appreciate that, all of you. And you can also find me on Twitter at, at OOANA. 
and um, I created some satirical content yeah, and the the stories chat. on my YouTube. Please feel free to subscribe and just most importantly, comment, because that really is what I'm not trying to build a huge subscriber base. It's engagement that I really look for because you guys all inspire me to keep doing what I love. So, um, and that's make great stories live. And send memes. Uh, I'd rather you not. I'm a little busy, <laughs> but unless they're really good. And I am going to be making a book of memes. And in that case, I am. Anybody knows a really good book publisher that makes books that look beautiful? Looking for that too. Not just your average ones. So. Fabulous. And you can also email me at wana at radioorchid.com. It's another way to reach me. Oh, and it really. You can go buy Chad's book. Yeah, you absolutely should. Come out and play. Chad has a book. Yes, he talked about the beginning. I didn't know. I missed that. He missed that part. Let me read the review again for you guys so you know what it's all about because it's fabulous. Is this gay porn? I'm just kidding. No, it's satire. I'm just kidding. Let me read it loud because it's really great. The review I read. Which one was it? It's great. This is a great novel. I won't give the story away, but I thoughtfully enjoyed reading about a student baseball player who's the closest and the pressure he's put under as he tries to work out who he is. What what the review said is that I absolutely loved this book. It's a hilarious satire. Satire is the way. Real satire. I absolutely love this. Satire is how we win. I absolutely love this book. It's a hilarious satire that had me laughing, actually, instead of literally. Whoever wrote this review is amazing. On every other page some very insightful and painfully moving passages that weren't expected and definitely packed a punch. It poses as an LGBTQ young adult novel, but it's actually a carefully crafted satire that would probably be more appreciated by a slightly older audience. Can't wait to see what this else author does in the future. Go buy Chad's right. book. And well, if you wrote that review, reach out to me too, really, because it's an amazing review. Well, uh, let's let Chad talk about the book himself and tell us why he wrote it and what his inspiration was behind it. You didn't it. even know the book existed. Okay, and but I'm passing it to the person who wrote it. I'm teasing you. <laughs> Gosh, take a joke. Um, yeah, talking talking about it. Uh, shirtless and think this one through. Um, so uh, <laughs> basically, I I had um, gotten really frustrated with a lot of stuff that I saw from literary agents. Literary agents are very active on Twitter because that's how they let people know what it is they want to see in their inboxes and what types of books they want to be representing. Um, and I had gotten really frustrated by their requests and stuff that I would see in, um, in bookstores where a lot of, um, a lot of, there was a lot of LGBTQ young adult books. You have to understand that kids tend to read up. So a book with, a 16-year-old protagonist is probably going to be read by kids who are 12 to 14. So uh, with that in mind, it was just really upsetting to me that uh, these books were becoming more and more sexual. Um, and then they were all also um, very, they were all the same, essentially. Um, you know, they're all just gay romances and uh, they were all just tropes that had been done before or they were retellings of stories. And and so I thought, okay, how can I contribute something um, something different to to the, the genre? And um, sort of what I was talking about earlier with the allies having this idea of, of just how uh, gay people should be acting and how uh, gay people should... Uh, present themselves and the things they should like and the people they should be hanging out with. Um, I thought that would be a good um, a good uh, basis for for a book. And so I was actually inspired. Mike left because he and I have talked about Degrassi before. But anyone who watched 
uh, Degrassi Last Generation might remember the character uh, Riley Stavros, who was a uh, a closeted football player at um, at Degrassi, and he was one character I um, I really connected with um, when I was uh, uh, younger and when I was watching the show. And I thought, you know, let me write a character um, with a story kind of like that, uh, a guy who is not liking other other gay guys. A guy who is an athlete, a guy who does not present as gay at all, and that's the problem. It's that he he feels that um, he does just want to keep keep it a secret, um, but you know there are things that happen that prevent that from uh, from being so easy. Um, in short, uh, "Come Out and Play" is a gay retelling of uh, Cyrano de Bergerac. Um, if you've ever read Cyrano de Bergerac, it's, it is a gay retelling of that. Um, again, wanting to sort of use the tropes of the genre as a way of dismantling the genre. So if you, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of gay YA books are retellings. So this one is a retelling, um, but one that is not so friendly to the genre itself or to the agenda of, of the genre and, uh, sort of publishing in general. Um, I wanted it to present as a young adult gay romance and maybe some stuff happens. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. You'll have to read. Um, so it is, uh, I, I thoroughly wanted to subvert expectations of, of the genre. Um, and I feel like I have done that fairly well. Are you working on anything next? And I uh, thank you to the people who have read it, who have uh, purchased it and left very nice reviews. Thank you very, very much. Uh, earlier today, I was telling Brentley, uh, someone DM'd me on Twitter and said, hey, I read your book. I really liked it. Didn't really get the ending though. And so I just, I'm a nice guy. So I literally just explained, I explained, I typed out an analysis of the ending and he was like, oh, that's really cool. I get it now. So Is there any way that- If you're confused, you can probably just message me on Twitter. If, and anybody, wants to, if anybody wants to reach out to you in order to interview you about the book or write a review of the book in a magazine or anything, how is the best way for them to reach out to you? Twitter. Twitter. That's what, no, but I'm asking, I'm asking you, Chad, like, what's the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to either do a review or do some publishing with you? Like, what is the best way? Is there, is it in your Twitter? But just repeat it out again in case people missed it now that you've talked about it. Yeah, uh, you can. Yeah. So just uh, follow me on Twitter. It's at Chad Manley 007. So it's um, C-H-A-D. exactly the way as it M -A -N -L is right there. You're listening. So um, it's at C-H-A-D-M-A-N-L-E-Y 007 on Twitter. And there's a way to, are your DMs open or no? Yes, yeah. they are. I believe. Okay. Yes. And it, great. Okay. I have to ask one question since, since you've got that Twitter handle. Which one is the best 007? <laughs> oh shit tough question sean connery uh let me pretend like i've seen enough movies to compare dude dude, um, dude, dude. you're you're not going to give me an answer here that's going to offend so, me. everybody's got an opinion on this that's fine okay okay no. i mean so so i've only seen a handful of the movies okay um who was the first one connery connery who was the first double of seven Sean Connery. Connery and I can't remember the two dudes. There was, was it really? Okay, yeah, I think I think he was probably my favorite. 
Connery. I like I like what's his name? Uh, um, Chicken. Uh, um, oh God, with the guy with the, the, the... I can't remember the other guy's no, names. No, Pete, Pete Brosnan. Not Brosnan. What's his name? What's Pierce his name? Brosnan. I like. He I, came I, later. I, it's the way he looks in a suit. I've okay, all right. I hang on, him. hang on. I'll I'll make this easy for everybody. Sean Connery, George Lazenby, That's Sean Connery again, Roger Moore, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, yes. Daniel Craig. They're all merged. Can I have them Killing all as it, one Brian. man? Is Killing that possible? It. No. Well, fellas, you got to remember, there's a lot of stuff rolling around up here after all these years. It just kind of rattles around inside my skull. So, you know, useless trivia is like, I'm, I'm good for it. Nice. Very Who's nice. Who's your favorite one? George? Well, the thing is, oh, that has, you know, maybe someone played the Bond role better, but I, I think um, Skyfall is probably my favorite Bond oh. role that I've seen. Yeah, uh, even even if I'm not sure, uh, Daniel Craig is the best Bond himself. Great answer. The storyline is movie. amazing. Well, I'll I'll Absolutely. give you a close. I'll give you a close second. On right. Her Majesty's Secret Service, 1969, George Lazenby it was the only Bond movie he ever did. I have always oh, yeah. said, I've always said, if that role had been given to a Sean Connery who was five years younger. He wins an Academy Award because the storyline is so damn good. And, and Lazenby wasn't a bad actor, but it's like, if Connery plays this... That if you don't. Oh. <laughs> I'm sitting there just staring at me. I have a question for you. Uh, um, true or false, The Third Man could be made into an even better Bond movie. Is this a question for me? Ask the question again. I didn't quite hear you. The third man could be remade into an even better. The third man could have been a Bond movie. As I have not seen the third man, I I cannot answer that question. However, madam, if you wish to if you wish this to form the basis of our first engagement, I'll be happy to watch it with you. Works for me. <laughs> anyway, Paul, let's. Uh, I want to plug your stuff real quick, Brian. <laughs> Oh, Go follow Brian, the front porch C1 on Twitter, and then also his YouTube channel is Front Porch Conservative. You can see he's got the trademark hat, red background. I'll put the links in the chat. Thank you, sir. I genuinely appreciate it. And like I said earlier, this this is and has been a load of fun. And I, I thank you for putting the boiler under my pot and getting my intellectual juices flowing again. No Bless problem. you. Happy. Happy to do it. Uh, thank you for having me introduced to these lovely folks here. And, before, uh, we, before we wrap it up, though, um, Mr. Chad had a very interesting thread on Trump as uh, viable or not in 2024 because he tends to rally the opposition uh, versus somebody you know different who wouldn't have that impact, and frankly, you know, I've I kind of wanted to to talk about this because it's been something bubbling in the back of my mind ever since really Epstein and Assange, because I don't I don't trust Trump. I don't think Trump is a good presidential candidate at this point. I think he had a shot and he blew it, and I think it's quite possible and frankly likely that he's controlled opposition. I think it's wrestling. It's where it's, it's wrestling. Are you, right? It's right are you talking about my tweet about feeling entitled to the presidency? 
Yes. He's not entitled. No, no one's entitled to the presidency. But that's, but the, see, he's having a lot of, this was the point that, that but that's Pat why, made. But that's why it's wrestling. Is yeah, do you want me to read the tweet? I'll read the tweet if I yeah, can. Yeah, can you, can you send, send me the link so I can pull it up? Read, I'd love to hear you read it, Read it, Chad. Because I would, oh, and Chad, if you are working on any books in the future that you can share with us, I'd love to know, because I think that, and I will Oh, yeah, I, uh. I am working on something right now, but it's not going to be ready for a really long time. Is there anything you can tell us, like anything you can leave us uh, kind of wanting more about it? Um, it is about two men in early 19th century London, uh, one of whom is uh, a uh, the owner of a small um, the haberdashery, essentially, trying to uh, grow his business to a larger, um, like, uh, dressmaking shop, to a larger, fa essentially, fashion outlet. Um, mm -hmm. And the other man is a body snatcher, a resurrection. Whoa. Uh, if you know what those snatcher, are, right? if not, Google body snatchers and then fall down that history. Wait, so tell, okay, tell people what a body snatcher is, because I, mean, I think a lot of people have no idea what that is. Yeah, so uh, early, early... Well, haberdasher is a hat, century, right, a hat shop. <laughs> early 19th century England, uh, medicine was becoming a science for the first time. Uh, the thing is that there is no sort of embalming. So doctors needed to perform and uh, teaching anatomy classes, doing their own research, needed to perform dissections. So there was a great demand by the medical schools, by the hospitals for dead bodies. And that need, that demand was not being supplied by um, criminals who were being executed. Because typically criminals who were executed, they were hanged, their bodies went to the hospitals for dissection. That was part of the punishment. People were donated, yeah. Um, there weren't enough people being hanged for the hospitals, so there had to be uh, some some shady fellows named body snatchers who would go out in teams of like three to five guys. They would go to cemeteries and dig up the bodies that had just been buried and then sell them to the hospitals. Or sometimes they would even kill for it. Kill yes, homeless people. They would, and that's yeah, how. Yeah, there's some dark uh, stuff there, and that that's a really. Do you have a working title? The late, the late L A T E late. Right, Chad, I, we definitely. I hope we follow each other on Twitter. I I would love to chat with you some more. I think what you're doing, honestly, is really cool, and Thank I you. think Thank that you. you are reminding me of some. Um, so there was a there was a, a quote from Walter Kern recent recently. It was a tweet, and he said, um, "Find something, anything to be fundamentalist about, preferably something very old." Because there's going to be no truth out there soon. None. Mm. Nothing but an endless, swirling phantasmagoria. So find oh. yourself a lash, a mask, and lash yourself to it. Hell, even classical herbalism will do. So <laughs> the fact that you're hearkening back to people like you're telling the old, like, I really believe that the way to win and beat silk realism and all these ideas that make bad art is to both bring back the old, so hearkening to Cyrano de Bergerac is, I mean, that's been done before, we know Roxanne and all that stuff, yep. and, but there's a reason and that even Shakespeare was doing that except for with The Tempest. It's a beautiful thing I think you're doing. The stories you're telling there too, I mean, you, um, I, 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 you know, if Oscar Wilde was was around, I think he would definitely want to take you out for dinner and for, for you to do another partner. Because I mean, who knows whether it would go well? But you flatter me too much, ma'am. No, no. From I, Oscar's I, perspective, it would go very well. But I'm just saying. Well, I'm, <laughs> but my point being, and I say this, I say this to the gentleman here. I really believe that gay men 
have always had a very important position in the world and society and arts as sort of a keeper of culture. And even ones who were, even back in the days of being closeted, men's pursuit of meaning was part of what made, because gay men had a different set of, you know, still being men, wanting to have a legacy, wanting to leave something behind, even when they may have had children or not, but wanting part to have of a it love, is, Part of it is not having children. Well, that's my point. That is part of what well, freed. No, no, our children become the no, art. No, the art is our children. No, but not, I know many, there are many gay men who were uh, not out. I'm talking about throughout sure, history. Sure, I'm not talking about and, that. But I am. And in history, they made some great work too. I'm not saying they didn't. I'm but just I'm saying making, the reason why I think so many gay men can open their lives to creativity is not just a natural inclination. It is It is the fact that we aren't something. burdened with that Okay, I, let me say something. Well, you're, you're missing a point that is, I think, a really important point. I'm gay. I'm definitely not missing the point. No, one. no, a point I'm making. A point I'm making. I'm not talking no, about you. Saying. But you're no. But I you're, think I have more experience in this. But you, but you don't have. But you're also a young guy, and you're around. A sure, but you're you're speaking from a no, gay man's experience. No, I am not talking like, about a gay man's experience. experience. I'm talking about art history. She's appropriating. She's appropriating. She's appropriating. So let me. I'm trying to compliment you here, actually. And, well, I you know, and I've spoken about this before. And you've spoken a lot today. I wanted to compliment Chad a bit too, and I also wanted to formally invite you onto the show to talk about the book more i need to get a copy of it i need to oh, read it but you, you should yeah. come on we should have like a more serious in-depth conversation about the themes and stuff that you wrote about in the book that would be awesome i would love that yeah i would love that too that'd be we'll great make it happen soon can we i wanted to talk about this tweet yes one. yeah so i'll read it i'll read it one of the reasons hillary lost in 2016 is she acted like she was owed the presidency like she was cheated out of it in 2008 and it was finally her turn so it didn't matter who else was running, they'd have to step aside and give her what she was owed. Sound familiar? With a yeah. little orange emoji. Uh, someone, one of my followers who uh, is not American, thought that the orange was a reference to Ron DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not that's American. confusing. And I was like, oh no, sorry, I'm not, not him. But that is confusing because oranges are from Florida, so. Yeah. But no, I can understand why that would get somebody's wires crossed. But I thought it was interesting. You had interest, you had a good back and forth here with uh, Mr. Abdullah Al-Saraf, who also follows me, apparently. Oh, wow. Right. Mm. Um, he thought it was a bad analogy. Um, and he's suggesting here that Trump does not act like he was owed a second term. But, I mean, he didn't continue. Yeah, I was like, well, he's never directly said that, but neither did Hillary Clinton. Um, what if, Chad, what if it's actually all world, like, exactly, like, what if he's doing a wrestling-like portrayal? So, you know, I've heard some people say great things, let them fight. Because if somebody, whoever goes up against Trump, is going to get reamed out, it's going to be a tough fight, knowing how the media goes and all that stuff. And if he does fight the best way he can, the best man person may come. So even if he behaves as if he's owed or the people act in the audience, let's talk about that. So think of it almost like Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. One becomes the heel, the other becomes the hero. And it's a play. And it's it's like what we're seeing there. What I find fascinating is that the people react as if he should be president because they, we owe him something. But how about, that doesn't mean he would be the best man. It's It's like, what's winning? It's, I guess, my point. And I think you're making a great point there. Yeah, well, and they definitely they definitely should fight. And, and that's, the, that's the thing. I do not understand the Trump support. You're a Trump supporter? Okay, great. I have two problems with, with supporting the idea of supporting Trump. One, no one can explain how he wins the general because he lost it last time. Two, um, 
I do not understand the argument of why doesn't DeSantis just wait until 2028? He should just wait until 2028 so he doesn't get in Trump's way. It's like, I'm sorry. Trump needs to win it in 2024, doesn't he? So I have another wrinkle question for you, though. Why do you have to support the person that's going to win? I mean, look, I know if you ask me to vote tomorrow, if I had to vote for more, I would vote for Vivek. And why? Because my vote... It's Vivek. Vivek, thank you very much. I haven't heard his name enough. I've my point home. here is that I don't want to live in a country where mm-hmm. I have to vote for my party to win. I want to vote for the best man because our country was not designed to have parties. In fact, we were warned against them. And this desire to have the Republicans win or the Demo- and make sure the Democrats lose is how we get to these places. I want to no. vote for my principles. And I'll tell you this. If I have to vote for tomorrow, I think goodness the election is not tomorrow. And in part, it's because, frankly, as a Floridian, I'd really rather DeSantis prove to me there's going to be somebody coming up behind because I don't want to move again. And there was just 2% away. But I'll say this. What I like about Trump as a being in this world is that I think when you look at how he plays this game and pulls back the curtain a little bit and you see how the whole of the sausage is made, he can do an amazing job speaking to all different people and getting them excited as a populist. But the moment we start thinking that we have to vote for who can win, we start acting more like a defeated group of people because, and and look, I agree with you. There's a lot of things the GOP need to do to make sure that our votes matter. They need to stop being pussies and they need to wield power. They also need to deal with the the voting. I mean, they have to deal with the problems that come to with vote harvesting and all that stuff. And they have to change the laws so we can actually have a third party again. They got rid of that. The illegality of a lot of these elections and a lot of these procedures, like a lot of the stuff that they've been doing for the last few years is just straight up unconstitutional. There's been no legal challenges or very few legal challenges. And the whole thing is just a sham. So I'm very low invested at the national scene personally. I think it's more of like Vocal, yeah. just like entertainment. It's something to watch. Because <laughs> if, if you try to like get you, if, if you as an individual put yourself into like, you know, that space where you really need to like, you know, have an influence in that, like that's just a, a, a quick road to driving yourself crazy. I think one of the phenomenon though with Trump too, and, and I see this, I'm not saying this is good or bad. It's just something very. My, I mean, the big complaints about Trump for me personally were the Epstein scenario where, I mean, he basically covered up Epstein's murder. You know, we know Epstein was trafficking children to wealthy elite. We know Epstein and uh, Trump had some beef. Who wasn't covering it up, though? Well, but th- th- this is my point. He was in charge. He had an opportunity to expose it all At to the what world. cost? But, I mean, I, I agree with you. No, listen, I agree with you. But my, the thing I find fascinating, a lot of people, I think, feel strongly that, and this is, a, and I think this is a feature and not a bug of where we are. And I saw this in Romania and other countries, like, all right, the idea somehow that the president simultaneously, like ever since, you know, Woodrow Wilson was the first president to go abroad, right? I think we've got to overturn all of this stuff, these ideas that we place the president in a position of almost like a monarch, that we stop focusing so much on parties. We don't remove them, but we ourselves There's no, but there it. is no we. There's no, no there is no well, royal then, we. No, there's the no, we the people, I mean, and there has to be a we the people. But there's there, no, there but, isn't. There's just well, a there's bunch you. of us individuals. Well, that's exactly what we the people means. And that's what it means. But and my point in that, in that idea is this, is that as an individual, what I think Trump is fascinating about him, but it's also risky, if we don't look at it the way it is, is people feel, I'm not saying I do, but many people feel that Trump being mistreated 
and he's even said this, and other people even said this, it feels like it's an extension of him. Brandon Strzokka put this brilliantly. So a lot of times when they say that he's owed a second, it's because so many people not only feel cheated, even whether whether or not, look, they said they fortified. Let's, if it's not cheating, like, obvious cheating. Well, so I think the appropriate verb is they rigged the election. Well, whatever the appropriate, people feel- Which you can't say on YouTube, and we can say that here Thank because you, we are on Rumble. So the, Thank you, Rumble. Rumble. Kind of important. Is, but the thing that I'm trying to say here is that the spirit of of, um, of uh, making people feel um, like there's nothing they can do and that they are that nothing counts. So I mean, I will very. Well, that's that's anti life. That's, no, and it's, that's it's the also, demoralization. The demoralization is but there, the thing is, of a, of a totalitarian to, system. I feel like you have to sort of detach from the outcome. You can't be super. I agree. But my thing I find fascinating about Trump is that he has made it very clear to people. There's an investment there, and it's almost like we're, we're remembering that investment. Now, you look at how people were with Obama, and I think that was a very dangerous thing to be. And I think we have to be very careful of a rise of the woke right, where they start to see this leader as the only way. Now, if I, my hope is that what Trump is doing behind the scenes, this is my hope. I'm not saying he's doing it. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he was doing this. Is, and it's a fight with his own hubris and ego, of course, which every state... Well, he's a raging narcissist. I don't think he's a narcissist. I think he's got a massive ego, but he, I don't think he's a raging narcissist. Raging but I think narcissist. what I think is going on here, any statesman has to have a huge ego, period. It's always going to be that way. But he's battling. Now, if he in the background, and I'm talking about people like Melania and his former wife, Ivana, and all the Eastern Europeans around him, also the ones who are around DeSantis, they understand that the stakes are so high that they can have it look and appear, and this is my hope, that DeSantis and Trump are going at each other. And Vivek, like Vivek, or how do you say his name? Vivek? Vivek. Vivek. I mean, one of the Ramaswamy. best things I saw Vivek do is he stood up and said, everyone needs to be online behind and say what's going on to Trump is, is terrible because it actually hurts everyone. And it, we have to start remembering what it means to be Americans. And to, as an American, I would love to see a bunch of great candidates. I mean, I am, I, I, I'm not saying that I would vote for any of these people because I don't know yet. But the fact that we've got some interesting people out there, all of whom have qualities I admire, and it's been, a, it, it, this makes me happy. We've got RFK, Vivek, DeSantis, and Trump. All of them have things that I really do admire, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. But if I sit there and I obsess over whether or not a party wins, we seem to forget the regime doesn't matter in a post-totalitarian system. What matters much more than that is everything we do. And it always was that way in this country. I remember right, I, the time- I wanna bring TC in from Minnesota uh, Black Road. Well, we're, also, we're also at 11, so we're gonna be wrapping. I know, but I wanted yeah. to bring him in because he joined us. I'm Welcome get, TC. I'm, I'm getting a little exhausted, although I am glad that TC jumped in and joined us. I'll say it. Is that you, the person who wrote? is from wrote, Minnesota Black Road. Is he the one who wrote the review? He has a YouTube channel. Yeah, so is he the one who wrote the review? He's another disaffected no, person. I, but, um, he was I am a I, I am yeah. definitely a disaffected person. So disaffected. It was the 100th follow on, for, for on anyone, music channel. anyone watching and, you know, people who are fans of us and Dangerous Rhetoric, we did a great discussion on TC's channel with him that you should check out. And we also did an awesome discussion with Brian from Porch Conservative, and you should check that out as well. They're, you know, two of the first podcasts who've invited us on to speak, which is always nice to be invited on to speak. Um, besides Carrie Smith, um, we haven't really done that. Mike Harlow, we've been on his channel 
but we always appreciate that. So I just want to shout you guys out. Am I supposed to take my Thank shirt you. off? No, you don't have to. You that can, was uh, Brent's you idea. To. You can though. You're allowed. Was, one of you said yes, and somebody said no. I think Chad said no. Like Chad, Chad put it. Chad, it was Chad's idea, and then he blamed me. But that's fine. On Habibi Bros, sixty nine minutes, and they take their shirts off. Yeah, that's what is it? So I just assumed we were doing the same podcast. thing. By the way, is anyone here a part listen to No Agenda? Idea. Anyone? I'm just curious. No. What? Huh? No, curious. no agenda. No, so I just podcast. I I wanted to I wanted to throw something out here and I just want to see because I was putting it in the chat because I was making dinner because I had a stream tonight too. And uh but as soon as the I am <laughs> I am like antithetical. I am I am quintessentially not party party aligned right now. And um I'm a Republican. I'm. I voted Republican in Ultra the last Maga. election, but that was my first. You know, you know what would switch me from like conservative generally to Republican if Republicans knew how to fucking win. There you go. If they knew how to win, I'd be it's, it's not. Right it's not like they don't know how to win. They're they're actively. No, you know. They're actively you, trying you, not to win. You're talking about what you're registered. They're actively for, trying you, not to. This so is me, question. Are you registered as a Republican or I'm registered as a Republican. I'm, so registered, I'm as registered as a Republican in New York, but I, I don't might, consider myself a Republican. I'm an independent. I think I might be registered because when you move, uh, like I went to the DMV to get my uh, driver's license and you can do the voter registration there. So I think I might be registered as a Republican, but you know, more just in terms of ideology. Like for me, it's just so I can have, I can vote in the primary in New York. That really was the only reason I did it. Because in yeah. New York, so here's, here's what I wanted to throw out the entire that if if and i don't mean present company present company excluded if people are paying attention they're the 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 democrats the the marxists and the democrat party are doing their level best to get rid of biden they want biden gone but they can't unseat him for somebody else if they don't have some sort of uh pivotal deeply ethical issue to go for him on that's why they're gonna run michelle Nope, they're gonna run Newsom. Yeah, I, I think Gavin Newsom. Newsom's got the nomination locked up. They they've yeah. got to get Biden I, out of the way. So what makes you think that? What makes me think Newsom's gonna run? Yeah, because you know, just just for context, you know, DeSantis. Everybody knew he was gonna throw his hat into the ring before today, months in advance. We all knew that. Uh, DeSantis or not DeSantis? Sorry, Newsom has done some stuff. He's gone to a, a few states that says to me, maybe he's thinking about it. Why don't you guys think he's tapped for it? Or he's actually like, cause I think that there's a few people that are tapped for it. He's he's, I wouldn't necessarily say tapped, but I do think he's a front front runner in the minds of the regime. The totally. other part of it is is the way he's campaigning yeah. against Florida. Why would they even he's, bother if they can just keep keep doing what they're doing and then continue to control and because they're going to hear they're going to lose on popularity in the sense of just doing what they're doing. They've got to have some sort of fresh young face that's speaking to the younger voters beyond because this is what you keep hearing. You keep hearing, I'm tired of these old people telling me what to do. I hear it because I'm an old person telling people what to do all the time. And the, the younger generation of voters want to be convinced to continue to vote for the Marxism of the Democrat Party. Newsom does that by putting a fresh young face on it, and he's 
and so everybody loves what Cali everybody loves California. But if it's a, but if it's a cultural revolution well, all now, then my question for you is this: is aren't they just telling that to them? I mean, the, the vanguard of the proletariat says it themselves. We will tell them that everybody has a vote. Da da da. You give them the sense that they're choosing something, the but in fact, and tell them the young getting rid of the old, and then there's always an older leader. So I guess my question is: is that I mean, I really don't believe that what they say they really mean. And I think that maybe they're waiting out, maybe to put some like AOC that they don't have the person tapped ready yet. Mm -hmm. Nobody, the they don't like, nobody, even the young crowd doesn't like AOC, but they yeah. love Newsom. They well, love well, I wanted to just touch on that point though, that a lot of them are tired of the older folks. And I, right. I read a, a poll today recently while I was working and writing and writing an article for my, my job that, uh, you know, they pulled, I think like 2000 people within like a day. And most most of them said that Biden would not last his second term and that they actually believe Kamala will probably end up right. if he wins. I mean, if he wins, they were polled and asked that if Biden wins, do you think he'll last a second term? And I think it was like 63 percent or 65 percent said they didn't. Um, 30, 30, 32 of the Democrats polled said that. So 32 percent of even the Democrats were like, he's probably not going to last a second term. And then, of course, the Republicans have even less faith. It was like 82 percent. They're voting. May, 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 may I jump in? May I jump in on this? Go for it. OK, thank you. Um, they can't get rid of Biden right now to get to Newsom. And here's the problem. Two words, Kamala Harris. That's See, right. if you think back to 2020, Everybody kept advising Biden, don't pick Kamala Harris. Even his campaign manager, Christopher Dodd, the former senator from Connecticut, kept saying, don't pick Kamala Harris. She was disloyal. She'll knife you in the back. But Biden went ahead and did it anyway. Now, whether he was lucid in that moment that he made the decision he was instructed. or instructed to do it, either way, she's the insurance policy. They can't, they can't get rid of him lest they be stuck with her. And now when I say get rid of Biden. I want to make sure that you guys know I'm not saying that they oh, remove him. I'm saying they're they're going to primary the piss out of him and they're going to beat him up over over his son. They're going to beat yeah. him up over Trump gate, Russia gate, all of this stuff. That's how they're going to discredit him in the primaries. And that's where Newsom steps in as not Kamala Young and from California. And and that's how he comes in. And if Newsom gets the nomination, nobody in the nobody the Republicans put up can beat him. Nobody. You know what? You're right about one thing so. there. And you know why I think you're right is I mean people forget sort of the Cali. Excuse me for being a little bit crass here, but the, the Cali mafia that, that that exists there, he's a, a ticket into that. And you know you got Pelosi who's getting on, and you got Feinstein and all that. And, and there's a lot of stuff that goes on with that that a lot of people aren't aware of. And I think. They also have uh, that's where they can get. So I listen, I don't think sometimes because of being in New York, I don't think the GOP, at least not in New York and a lot of other places, they're kind of waiting for everything to get so bad that they get in easy. And that's my biggest concern with the GOP. And I honestly that's why when I say things about parties, if we want to really see something happen, we've got to pull another. Like I didn't I opted out of the election choice and just observed it. I think being surprised by the results of an election, having everyone focus on what it is in an individual rather than a party is our way. And if we keep going back to the old way of doing things over and over again, we are going to basically end up in a situation where we will end up thinking that we are voting for 
our country or a person, but we're actually voting for a party, which gives us, as, as we were warned in our founding documents, will give us a, a direct ticket to other countries interfering with us. And the question is very clear. Why would Newsom be, I think it has everything to do really with what another country wants, not what we necessarily want. And the money will go in there to help to make sure, not China, the CCP. And I want to make that distinction because it's a really important one. But here's the other thing, though. The CCP itself, I think, looks at us and realizes in some ways that we're kind of insane without having a good regime in there. And they might be losing a little bit of a grip. So I wouldn't, I think that if we actually approach this in a different way, and I and I wish that the people who were talking as were probably, this might be one of the reasons they got rid of Tucker, in fact, is we remember that we we don't sit there worrying about who can win the election. We, we are, that, that's not, because look, if we sit there and make sure that the, if the party doesn't do a job, like let's, here's an example, Nadler ran in my district here in New York. He, he was, nobody wanted him. In fact, in the Upper West Side, more people wrote in a new name, the same name than ever in history. We've got a Tammany Hall that runs across the whole country right now. And it's a Tammany Hall that's being funded not just by people in the Dems, it's people who are also in the GOP. It's like what James Lindsay said, there are ringleaders on all sides that will only get involved in this. They just want to make sure that no matter what happens, they are in a good position. And we keep thinking about this in terms of the old sort of way of looking at things. And I think that we have to sort of suddenly realize that the only way America is going to work even after all of this is we be American, not be whatever the hell this is. I just wanted to talk shit on Trump. Well, I think this is <laughs> that well, pisses people. Well, I, I can also, I, can, well, I, I, love you, I mean, I heard that in here for years. All right, well, really quick though, based on what you just said, Juana, I can see why you would say you would support Vivek more because that is the message he's definitely putting right out now, there. Is, would, yeah. He thinks the way to resist the woke is to unify under an American identity again. And I don't, I'm not saying that that's the correct way or not. I'm saying that There's is no other way. That's what he thinks is the way and it, perhaps he's correct maybe that would be like its own form of identity politics though playing no, into that but no, i i not. get what he means because that is what made america america is we're supposed to be the melting pot and stuff no, but that's not that what gets I mean. together that's under that unified sort of american it's our principles identity it's our principles, but i i also i wanted to touch on desantis because obviously you know that's a big topic right now he just announced his uh his candidacy which like chad said we all knew that he was going to do that vivek is very clearly more of a trump guy if you You've watched his yeah. interviews and stuff. He, he's always criticizing. Right. But, but if you guys go, I'm going to throw it to you, TC, because I do want to ask your opinion. But like, what do you think I of DeSantis? Do you that. think he does it's have a chance of getting the Republican nomination? And if he did, do you think he would be able to stand up to Gavin? Because you seem to think that Newsom is going to be able to beat whoever they put up. If, think, if he's the, the candidate. Disney, the Disney stuff is all about that. Uh, you caught me in the middle of cut stroke on my sirloin. <laughs> Um, I was, uh, I was trying to take in everything everyone was saying. Eat some meat eating. while you do this. We all need more meat in our lives. For sure. We're trying to get um, meat away. Uh, you can't say that in a room full of gay guys with me being the only, well, I don't know if I'm not, I don't know if I'm the only. But no, no, Brian, no, Brian over here. You're, 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 There's three against three here. Yeah. And we you, have Peter no. and one. You're honorary gays tonight, bitches. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I can hear. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> that Nicely done there. So here, here's nice. my... D- can DeSantis get the nomination? Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know that we want him to because I don't think DeSantis is the conservative that everybody thinks he is. I agree with that. Um, Neocon. He's he's in, he's very yeah. much. He's, he's, he's very close. He's very, people, he's though, very close to the actual definition of a neocon. If you if you look into the actual more. definition of what a neocon is, they're all former well, left wingers who got rid of the man who shifted to being supposedly conservative, and they they come from a very Marcusean background. That's true. And that's and and they didn't want. I don't want to say they didn't want to be Republicans, but they they had a role to play. And so what's happened to the GOP has it has become a controlled opposition. They're there to act as a, a pretend spoiler to the Democrats. The Democrats have been completely co-opted by Gramscian Marxism and Gramscian theory, which a lot of people know as social Marxism. And the Republicans are, are sitting back as a dragnet on that. Trump was a one off. Trump was never to get the nomination. They it caught the GOP by by surprise that he did. And in and me as a person who didn't support him, not because I'm a neocon, he's just he's not my he's not my thing, and I vote for a person over over a party. And I I think they're doing everything they can to take Trump and Biden out of the nomination process. In other words, they'll get there for the nomination. But they're going to stir up enough hatred for both of them that it's going to come down to like a, a DeSantis or maybe somebody else and a Newsom. Jesus, Nobody wants Kamala. Kamala's dumber than a box of rocks. Yeah, she'd yeah, yeah. Into that. The only they, they only played Kamala for for that woman card and that that POC card. That was the whole purpose of even putting. I have a, I have a sincere it. question for you, though, TC. Because uh, look, I say fled, that again. I didn't hear that part. I have a sincere question for you, TC. So I'm a person who fled New York, moved to Florida, and I never thought I would do that. I mean, I never thought in a million years. But I will tell you. There is something. So the Venezuelans, the Cubans, and I, and because you're Brian, you're in Florida too. So I want to know what you think of this as I'm well. I'm in Florida. These are you in Orlando. I'm sorry. Don't. No, ma'am. I'm in West Virginia. Don't. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. I've misheard that. Okay, so I'm right. the one who's in Florida here. So let me ask you. And look, I'll be honest with you. My concern about DeSantis going is that you know the government is important. I, if there's not somebody else lined up, I don't want to have to leave again, and I don't even really necessarily want to stay there. I don't know what I want to do, but here's the thing. The mandates all across the board and lockdowns is a really important subject to me. Now, every neocon. Then let, then let, me, the ask, let me ask you, if it's that important to you, then why aren't we pushing Christine home? She was better than Christine. No, I'm home. talking about, no, I'm, because I can't control that. I'm asking about for my experience. And, and look, I agree with you about neocons. I agree with you in that, all of that. Now, when people say, does he support the war in Ukraine? I look, I, I'm not certain it's that simple with him because. But he's designed. He also, let me, let me, I'm just let me ask the question first, and because I, I get what you're saying, and I and I'm not advocating for him or negating what you're saying. How is it? Is it feasible that? So I I, I take I take some labeling him as something when he was one of the only ones who like I living in Florida. The certain laws that are in the books in a place that's really, that, that you know, it kind of happened naturally and then whatever, which way and he, it wasn't at first. And the way he got there gives me some sense of confidence that 
I know that even if the people disagree with it, there's not going to be a mass mandate. I cannot be forcibly vaccinated. And for me, it's a very important, it's not just, it's not just a moral person, it's a health issue for, and I don't need to go into why, but it's a really important one to me. How can we call him a neocon when that is a uniquely, um, not even traditionally American perspective, because that one of the arguments of like, even the Supreme Court's got, you know, the Holmes verdict. What I'm seeing with him is someone who isn't following, and, and he's bringing like the, his attorney general, is remarkable. he's surrounding himself with people. He's done a great job for just that state. What he does, whatever it is in Washington, D.C., and, and the relationship he has in talks, he is a guy who went to Yale. He does know how to play the games. He understands these people. And there's a Trump-esque thing there in which he's of it, but not of it, is the impression I have in Florida. Mike, why do you see him as a neocon controlled op? Because if that's true, then I am in the wrong place anyway. I'll tell you my concerns in, in Florida right about him, but I'm curious in the country. Yeah, You're in the right place because he can only do what he's doing in Florida because the people back him. That's no, it. they didn't always back him to begin with in Florida. They didn't. Well, he, got, no, but, he, got, he got less than, you know, but he, he only, did, but look he a only lot. won by less than 2%. But part, part of why he did, too, is because a lot of transplants, a lot of people did leave and go to Florida because they wanted to be in the environment. Well, no, wait, but when I talk to know? Floridians, lifelong Floridians there, what happened there, even, and I mean, I'm very concerned because they have no idea what happened anywhere else. But they remember their short lockdowns. They saw what happened to everyone else. They voted for DeSantis because, and, and when you, you walk around there, you will meet people that are hippy-dippy, what we call liberal. You just, answer, you, just but, answered my, you just answered my question. He saw the writing on the wall in Florida early in his, in his career there as governor. He what does that mean? What do you mean he saw the writing on the wall? What do you mean? He he was he was all on board with lockdowns until he realized the people of Florida were not on board with lockdowns. That's not that what is, happened. No, no, that is absolutely true. No, that's he absolutely did. Absolutely he no way, I know he did. I know it. Yeah. Hold on. Let's I am I'm, I'm telling you guys something that's important here because it's it's I know that's what people are saying. Assuming what people are on board or not, because that is a very complicated thing when you're dealing with a post-totalitarian system. The people in Florida were mostly on board, and, and for the length of time in New York, when people got tired and, and, and started getting the B, the way BLM was handled in Florida is a really important example. What I think actually happened, and, and I, and okay, I, so, I so stop, stop, stop there for a second. I'm gonna, I, I'll give you a run for your money here. Trust me. Um, BLM did not get handled in Florida because of how good DeSantis was. BLM got, no, BLM got handled in Florida because how good the independent local sheriffs were. But, okay, hold on, though. Let me, let me make a point here. In New York, the independent local sheriffs were not, they were pressured by the regime, okay? And I'm not making excuses for this. I'm talking about a reality when you have a federalist system and a, and a system that we have. He... When he, and, and bringing on the attorney general he's got, who he is amazing, like a truly amazing. And he got who puts his the attorney general in office. But let, who, let me just who tell puts you. the attorney general in office? But he listened to him is my point. Okay. I'm not saying that it is all about, it's not necessarily all the choices that were made by who makes them. It's not about that. And, and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not standing up for DeSantis here. I'm not defending him. I'm talking about the reality of, I don't want to see this stuff happen again. There are some people who saw 
without any bias whatsoever, like just really started to see what was actually being done, being done and simply said, absolutely not. They may have shifted that, what doesn't make him a good president, I don't know. What I do know, and I know a lot of people who work with him, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm confident about anything. I'm not. But I am saying that once you see something, you can't unsee it. And it doesn't mean that he's gonna be great, but we are living in a time now where we have to, I think, look at how people handled what was in my, and I will say this out, ultimately democide. How did people in I don't, this I don't disagree with your assessment of the democide. What I disagree with is that it was DeSantis who actually made the decisions. I'm not DeSantis, saying what. DeSantis is a figurehead. I think, I think what Juana is saying is that even if he didn't make those decisions, people might see it that way. But also, they, they, they see someone in that figurehead position who did look, things differently, and they will. No, let's. Here's what and I mean. You make a great point, but let's 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 ask this question. Why is it then, if that's what people are looking for, why is it we're pushing DeSantis up against Trump? That's probably the wrong thing to say in a room full of gay guys. Um, <laughs> that was funny. You know why I think? <laughs> why are we why are we pushing why are we pushing DeSantis into into this? This no matter That's what still I, the wrong thing to say. What's no matter what, with you? <laughs> no matter what I say. Why is it that it's going to come to a fight between there, DeSantis well, and Trump for the nomination? If we're really looking for someone who is always right and always strong on lockdowns, always strong on their COVID response, always strong on not not forcing the vaccines on people then every single person should be pushing for Christy Nome. The reason why DeSantis is getting the push that he's getting is because he's being used as a spoiler to Trump. Okay, but let me if ask you. If he the, happens to mm, get the nominee. I don't know about that. I, I think. Something, but wait, 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 I mean, there's one important. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, I left New York and moved there because of DeSantis. And let me explain what I mean. And I'm not saying that I want him to win. I'm not saying you're not right. Wrong, right. I can, I'm just going to tell you, I think a lot about what happened in, for example, Katrina, all right? We remember how the governors behaved. They ended up in prison. They wouldn't allow FEMA in. They didn't, I mean, there's, there have been, gov my governor in New York, here in New York, murdered 36,000 people, murdered them, all right? Flat out. Can't say that on YouTube. And the thing is, when people started to see, there is a difference between someone who ends up wanting to be a lifelong, and I, I, I'm not, I think that there's a similarity between Trump and DeSantis that is interesting. And therefore, I can't, I, I, I like Vivek because he put his hat in the race. Christine Nobis hasn't really put her hat into the race. If she did, maybe she'd be part of it. I'm not saying I'm voting for either of them. It's up, we have a long way until that happens. No, but nothing is decided yet. Yeah, we can But when it comes to this question, why putting up against each other, my attitude is like wrestling, let them fight. Let them, let Trump, who because they live in the same state, they're actually friends. The idea that we think, let men fight, let them be men, let them go after each other, let them see and, and ream each other out and all that. If we have a fair election, that's what they we want. Will the I, I want to make a point on this. But though. then Trump should win. I mean, the best, the best man win. Well, really Why quick, not? I want to make a point on this too because you said, you know, in a sense, they are kind of probably still friends behind the scenes. I are. think there might be something to that. And I'm going to use another boxing analogy. I mean, friends. 
Peter brought up boxing earlier, so I'm going to use another boxing analogy. Typically, when big fights come up and you have these two boxers and they're put up against each other, for the show, for right. the sake of the audience, right. there's the trash talk. You know, exactly. they do the weigh-in. They get in each other's face. They you. talk shit. They seem like enemies. And in the end, usually, that's put aside good sportsmanship they oh, hug it out their buddies you Boston see them hanging out versus the yankees so i think there might be an element of that to it and there's a, there is an element of performance about 100 that and we talked about this earlier That's exactly off, off camera right. and there is an element of performance and we know that trump is a performance guy That's we right. know that he's you know done television and all that stuff before and desantis doesn't and, look good at really on screen. Well, he's working him, but i think desantis is trying and like you said there is an element of him that is sort of trumpian and it's it's not Why like trump's trump buffoonish it's it's DeSantis's headstrongness that's very similar. Why to Trump. isn't Trump on Twitter? Because he made a vow and but I think no, he wanted it was to his stick point it. His ego. Is, I think he, he didn't want he to go like. back on that because he said it so much. Since when? Well, my point is people asked him that quite a bit. If he came, if he were put back on Twitter, would he use it? And he said he wouldn't. And then he started. Who cares what he said? My point is he started Truth Social so as a response to that. And he said he would be it loyal but, to his brand. So he's not that petty, though. He's not that Brian, save us. May, Brian, may, please come may, in here. My lovely lady, may I jump in for just a moment? Please, absolutely. Oh, please, thank you. Um, one, the reason he's not back on Twitter is one legal and financial obligation. Truth oh. social, he has contractual obligation to. He could get out of that bad deal. If madam, 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 I still have the floor. Thank you. And I'm saying he could get out of it. Yes. Brian, would you yield the remainder of your time to everyone? Uh, I will yield the remainder of my time when I have made my point, good sir. Um, and, but I will, I will throw it to you because you know, lest we be filibustered by the lady. Um, <laughs> well done. You can't tell she's from New York at all, can you? No, and she can't tell I'm from the South either. So bless her heart. Um, Oh, that was a nice part of your heart. See, you understand that, that bless your heart of them is nice. No, but, 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 but see, bless your heart is a contextual phrase. Most people from the North don't understand this. Oh, they automatically assume that bless your heart means fuck you. That's not necessarily true. It depends New Yorker, on. Fuck you doesn't mean fuck you necessarily as a New Yorker. That's right. That's Same right. words. But anyway, <laughs> move, move, tell, moving on to my point. To go I tell to Bradley, fuck you all the time. <laughs> to go back to Chad's point, and, and I want to. I'll give you guys somebody to follow in all this madness. Richard Barris, a.k.a. the People's Pundit. He is a Barris is spelled B-A-R-I-S. And Richard is Richard. Um, He is a.k.a. the People's Pundit on YouTube and on Twitter. He is a pollster, but he's a based pollster. Okay. This guy's basic philosophy is, fuck it, the numbers are the numbers, and whatever it is, it is, it is. Now, to go back to Chad's point, uh, you asked the question, how does Trump win? No, that's not him. That's not him. No. <laughs> no, it's definitely not Rich Barris. Trust me, I've been following the guy for three years. Um, send me, you have to send me a link. Okay, I'll, please. I'll have to. Anyway, to go back to Chad's point, how does Trump win in 2024? Keep in mind... There's no set of coalitions in a presidential election that are exactly the same as the previous election. Shit, things are going to shift. There have been two polls that have come out in the past week, one by Harvard Harris and one by Big Data Poll, which is run by Richard Barris. They both show Trump with a seven-point lead on Biden 
and we're 18 months out from the election. He never enjoyed that at all in 2020. Now, I'm not here to say I'm pro-Trump, defend Trump, whatever. I'm just saying this is the numbers, okay? Now, the other, the fascinating thing about all that is if you get into the guts of that poll, or those two polls, what is fueling Trump's rise against Biden? Take a guess. This will shock you. His arrest? No. Women. It's the economy, stupid? Women, no. hey, oh, I know women love him. I, women. I was just talking to someone. Guy just told me that Trump can't win because women don't like him. And I was like, No, know, that's not true. It's just the opposite. Women are the ones that are fueling his rise in the polls against right. Biden. So, yeah, I mean, and, and can I sit here and tell you, yeah, Trump's going to beat him? No. There's a million and one factors that go into that. Really but, quick, though, I think part of that issue, or part of, not issue, but one of the issues that is leading to that, I think, is what we're seeing from people like Trump standing up to the gender ideology shit. I agree. A lot of women are seeing that, and they're just like, mm, can we get well, our faces also, back? Can we get our fucking sports back? Can we do this? Something else, something else more subtle going on. It's him standing up to women who are trying to make claims that we all know is BS, and him making statements we all know are true. And I'm not going to get into too much detail, but I mean, what I will say the one moment in the CNN poll, town hall, even though I know CNN did it to have something to, to talk about, to pin, get, get their audience all wrapped up again, it had nothing to do with them, anything else, because I know with how they operate. But the moment when he addressed the charges at Bergdorf Goodman, yeah, that was talking to women. Yeah, we had. I mean, I. If you look at how women reacted, and we talked to each other in private about this, and we do a lot, the Me Too movement appeared to have a huge support from women. It did not. It that did. is a huge lie. I will tell you right now that you're saying were, you didn't go to the Pussy March, Juana. I'm telling you that the Pussy <laughs> look. Women know what Mean Girls are. You Gosh, guys don't. Question. And mean girls. I think gay men have a similar idea because a lot of gay men can be just as gossipy, if not more. Okay, so I'm a woman. I'm going to pull that card right now. I'm going to pull the same card on you. You're a gay man, and I couldn't say that I'm a woman. Trust me, you have no idea how terrible they can be. Oh, I mean, I have a bit of an idea. I grew up with mostly women. But you're not a girl as a deal. I'm not saying I'm a girl. So, my point being, we feel after seeing how many mean girls are out there, we see them. And it's hard for us to talk about that that man, much like what Peter was talking about before, will protect us and our children and our daughters and our sons and our husbands from Mean Girls because you guys have no idea what Queen Tamora is really all about. Well, you, you don't think that DeSantis, you don't think women think DeSantis would do that? Like, nope, I'm just thinking about the all the legislation all. that he's passed in Florida. They're worried that DeSantis okay, is nice. Right, but but Chad, 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 that's just what you what you said right there is part of the part of the problem, which is a different podcast. And not, also, a lot of Floridians will vote for Trump um, because they don't want to lose DeSantis, and nobody talks what, about that. What either. Chad and and I don't mean this as a negative towards you, Chad, but sure. um, DeSantis didn't do anything with the legislation. None of that legislation was done by DeSantis. It was all done by the Minnesota, or Minnesota. I'm, where am I from? That's, it's all from the Florida House and the Florida Senate, and DeSantis signs it, but it all came 
from the grassroots. And those legislators are, are the vast majority of those legislators are supporting DeSantis, though. But do you guys realize no, the that, that, that's where this is where this is where I disagree. You know I, mean? I believe that those legislators, the House House of Reps, and the Senate, and the and the senators, all are listening to the voices of their of their of their constituency and but doing these want. things. And DeSantis is listening to those same people. But let me say something. And doing these things. Thing if, the, if the prevailing wind was going in a different direction, if the, if the prevailing wind was going in a different direction, DeSantis would be on the prevailing wind. But, Just but like Trump. No, listen, Trump, we, people have got to wrestle with this. Trump gave us the lockdown. No, she did. Trump yep. gave us the vaccines. No, yep. she did. Trump, He's trying to turn it down. Trump, it's his attacking point because he can do it and say, well, look what I did in Florida. He didn't do anything in Florida. That's right. The Senate and the House and the local sheriffs like, well, all did this. And DeSantis followed suit. I would agree with you, except there's one quality about Florida a lot of people don't know. It's a unique state in this one way. Look into this. Florida man and Florida woman. No, well, Florida man, I mean, this shit is real. It's kind of crazy. No, it's fucking crazy. But listen, that aside, as a state, they have something called the Sunshine Law. Look at it. There is a law on the books. No, please, let me finish my point. Please, and you could be right, but I just want people to know this so when they make their decisions, they understand this point, because I don't know what the answer is. You may be right, but they have something called the Sunshine Law, which basically means anything that is put into the public, anything, what anything, you have a right to see it right away. That's one of the reasons why there is a Florida man, but Florida can seem even more crazy because everyone can see the crazy because it's out there. There's all, it's a transparency law that has been there a long time. The press can access. Now, here's my point in that. The people that I know who surrounded DeSantis, I don't mean him. I know the people around him, the people who got in there. What, did, did he not do it? Of course not. Any more than a president has full power. He's not, that we're, we are living in a separation of, of, of powers, even in a state. You are correct. What he did is he and the attorney general, and I mean, I've, I've, I've sat meeting with and listened to all this stuff and they've said it even themselves. The ability to navigate, I don't know if you could do it in, in DC, but within the Floridian government, and he's very good at it. In New York, we used to have people good at it. Now they're all Tammany people and they're all freaking ex-mafiosos, but the low levels. My point here, it's every state has a different quality there. So maybe he couldn't do what he does, did anywhere else. I, I'm very concerned about that. I am. I also will say that a lot of Floridians, like what in my neighborhood in Florida, you will see people with American flags and Trump flags. And they love DeSantis. They absolutely adore him. Everyone I know, everyone across the board. And they, I mean, there are people who have owned DeSantis, own, you'll have people in, in, in drum circles and hippies saying they love DeSantis and think Jordan Peterson's a cool guy, but they'll still talk about stuff woke. It's a fascinating thing. They don't want to lose him. Now, if they don't know that the team that happened to be there goes with DeSantis, they know what could happen because they had Chrissy like one minute away. And there's some other weird things that go on in the government. It's like five states in one state. So I encourage people to understand that you are correct. Nobody makes unilateral decisions. But Trump is renowned for oftentimes picking the wrong people, and we know he did, often. DeSantis didn't. Right or wrong, lucky or not lucky, in this one scenario, but he, what he's done well and what people are worried about there, let me just share so people can know this when they make their decision. What he did really well 
a lot of people was I was there for Hurricane Ian. And I will say what was fascinating about it, I ended up fleeing Hurricane Ian, not because I was worried about a hurricane. I grew up in the Northeast, I've been with them. I was worried that, and a lot of people locally who'd been there for their whole lives were worried about this one thing. And I was told, go, is that even if it was a category one, that the government, the federal government, much like Katrina, but in reverse, will punish Florida to make DeSantis look bad. We felt that way. The thing that I was amazed by is the way he handled the election regulations, not allowing the pollsters in. He didn't. He put Florida first and he said no. And it became, it was actually a very representative, no bullshit, got the results quickly. And we know Florida has a history of going in some other ways. So that was impressive in terms of just tactic and civics. The second thing he did really well is everyone is going after him. I fled Hurricane Ian and went north when am I coming back? Because it hit my area. I'm on the Gulf Coast. We thought it was hitting exactly where I am, but it pivoted and hit Fort Myers directly. So I was driving from South Carolina, sorry, from uh, Tennessee and North Carolina south down back to St. Petersburg. And along my way, it's one highway, things would continue south past where I would make my turn. And all I saw, all I saw were endless lines of workmen, work trucks, people heading there to get there and do it. It reminded me of post 9-11 vibes. The people got there and he made it easy. He didn't get any, he didn't interfere with, he didn't say anybody was jacking up prices. He didn't interfere with what people do in a crisis. And what he also did is he made sure that certain bridges that were down were built within less than 24 hours to get them there. So he handled the what needed to be done. And I'm not saying you could do it elsewhere or even that he necessarily is doing it right now. Really, really well. Floridians overall, I've got a vibe of this, I hear this a lot. They are very concerned that if he is running, he won't run Florida. So he made a rule where he could still be governor and still run. Well, he didn't, now, he no, didn't do that. Other legislators no, but pushed he got, that to But it doesn't matter done. because I he mean, wasn't. It does matter. No, but here's the thing, we don't know in Florida, we're worried. Will he be able to do both? Well, that's and one he, of that's one of Trump's major criticisms of him. In fact, but, is that but he's, he's going to be shirking look, his government okay, gubernatorial duties. And, 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 and let's see by running for president. And let's but, see if he can pull it off. And I, I, I kind of want to you know what. But one last, and I'm finished in one sentence, okay. and, and I'm done with this. Okay. But this is important because this is what we're talking about, and I'm the only one who's there now. You were here in New York, so let me just, sure. I also spent a year there. And I got I, it. I let me finish the sentence, and I'll be done. Want to calm down? I'm going to finish my sentence. I'm almost done. Talked a lot. I got it. Let me finish my sentence, and I'll be done. My sentence is very simple. If he can pull it off, that's great. But I will tell you that a lot of Floridians are pushing for Trump because, and really pushing it, and want him not to do it. That's why they don't want him running later. That's why they said, wait, wait, wait. And I personally, in a way, do hope he does. Because I don't want to see us suddenly become so obsessed with federal or, or federal government that we forget that our state's rights matter hundred times more. Well, he's not waiting. He announced, but he might pull out. We don't know. I, I don't think he's going to. I think he's all in. No. I actually want to. He doesn't pull. He's, he's not going to. He's not going to pull Brent out. He's not. He's, no. he's not. I'm he's not. Brent's tired. Yeah. We are over time, fam. Yeah. I thought Brent, we were... Brent isn't. Brent isn't completely. Uh, 
exhausted queen mode right now. I, I do. This is not late night yeah, streams are not my thing. <laughs> I'm in bed by like eleven. We're, we're also, we're nearing four hours here, so I think. I just want to. I want to thank. This is my fault for coming in at the end. No, no, no. no. We were, I'm glad you were able to come no, in. We, we had a nice little elaboration. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to get into Trump a little bit because we we talked a lot about you know gender and sexuality all yeah. that stuff. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up here yeah. and thank you every much for everybody for joining us. Thanks for the chatters. We should um, do we this a, on a regular basis. We were going to try. I agree. We will, we will make know, this right. The numbers were pretty good on Rumble. I'm actually pleasantly surprised how many people tuned in on here and I appreciate that a lot. So whoever's still watching, that's awesome. And thank you. And thank you to Mikey, you know, who popped in earlier and to Peter Feliciano. Shout and, out, you yeah. know, we, we appreciate you guys a lot. And, of course, to Brian, to TC, and to Chad. This was fun. Chad, I would love to have you on to talk about your projects. Uh, uh, you should you do have that. To wear, but you, you need, you yes. need to have a, you yes. have a shirt on. Brian, I'd love to have you on <laughs> to talk about your show, but you have to take your shirt off. So. Oh, <laughs> you don't want to scare the children, nor do you want to break the camera, damn it. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I showed up late. But I had my own stream tonight. Oh, that's fine. And, you um, shit. That's all good. I, I, I appreciate the invite. Just remember, you everyone, COVID yeah. was a scam. The 2020 election was rigged. Uh, <laughs> the CIA invented HIV AIDS. Oh, my God. Right. Saying all JFK the things you can't say on YouTube. JFK was killed by a conspiracy. Of he booted Judge in the And Fauci should be jailed. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you just say Pete Goodigan is not gay? Did you just say... That is that is the most gay conspiracy thing I've ever heard in my life. I've heard a lot of I'll, gay I'll top that. I'll top that. Top Pete Buttigieg is actually uh, Dylan Mulvaney. Oh shit! Oh conspiracy. my gosh! There's a good one. <laughs> but you know, thank you guys again. Also, thank you to Wana for joining us as our very special in-person guest. She's been staying here. I was with supposed us. to. I was supposed to fly. Wana, I have a project for you, go. but I can't afford to pay you. You have a what? I have a project She's for you. Busy and oh, no, let's see. Wait, no, contact me. I'd love to. Hear, I, I sometimes take on projects that that I you can't. And if it's a, I just send, send, me, send me a DM at, at OOANA and I'm going to send you back my number and let's talk. Even if you're available, yeah, I will. I will go through awesome. Brentley because I'm. I can didn't catch it. So I just get him my number from Brentley. Can I can get it because I'm going to be. I'm gonna, I, I have a few. I have a little bit of time now because I decided to stay a couple extra days before going back to Florida. All right, let's wrap it up again. Thanks everyone for watching and especially people in the chat, Xander, Minnesota. Black robe, everyone else. Thank you for having me, guys. Almost TC. Thank you, Spenny, for having me on. And I'll get my way to West Virginia for that for that third man and drink movie. We'll figure it out. Well, we will be having a drink, madam. Of that, I Wow. You might need a couple, Ryan. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody.